Hey, what's up, buttheads? Welcome back to No Ifs and or Butts, our after show for Star Wars and or. <laughs> you don't remember that, Molly, last week? Someone said I that we remember. should call this. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who watches were... this show is called a butthead. <laughs> that's that's the, <laughs> the, the group fandom name that we have uh, agreed on. And by we, I mean me. Needs some work, uh, but sure. For now, I'll let it slide. I like buttheads. Well, today we are here to talk about episode six of Andor the Eye. It is the end of the second arc of this season. And to discuss this awesome episode with us, we have Corey and Eric from Utini joining us. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks for having for, us, man. Yeah, it's 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 so funny. I was I was thinking. When we started talking about this, we picked a day and we're like, yeah, we'll come out. I wonder what episode it'll be. I'm sure it'll be fine. And then this morning I was like, oh, my God, we got, <laughs> we got this episode. So, so yes. stoked to be on here. Yeah, it's a great episode. I've been up thinking about it, sitting it for about 12 hours now. We got up right at six and <laughs> made some coffee and watched it. And so I'm still we're still going strong. But if I start to sound delirious, that's why. Excellent. Uh, that no other reason. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we, we, you know, Sion, we are currently enjoying a beverage at the resting house. This is finally the end of the day. We're getting to rest. And Johnny C., thank you for agreeing that you are a butthead. Uh, <laughs> everyone here is a butthead today. Proudly. <laughs> but, Proudly. Uh, let's get into just the, the series itself uh, real quick. Eric, how are you just liking Andor as a whole? Oh, yes, uh, Eric, how are you just liking yeah. Andor? <laughs> I mean, easy answer. It's my favorite Star Wars television series of all time, and it's not particularly close. Um, I think <laughs> that the craft in every episode has just been sublime. Those first three episodes are one of my favorite Star Wars movies now, I think. And I'm I'm just constantly blown away by the, the way the writing and the acting and the story all come together in a way that I didn't know I needed as specifically until I watched this show. Um, and in, in, in a week where we get Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, and Andor, I don't know which is my favorite. And I think that says <laughs> as much about Andor as anything else. I'm I'm in heaven every week. <laughs> it's so much. Yeah, it, but fortunately, we're, we're almost to the point where it's like we just have to worry about Andor because I'm the same way. Yeah. We've been trying to keep up with all these shows at the mm -hmm. same time. <laughs> The yeah, next yeah. Being fed well. Oh right yes, now. I know. You have to like you have to like check your calendar. You're like, what day of the week is it? Like, what shows are that I watch? It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, it almost yeah, feels like we're being gluttons. We're just having yeah stuff shoved sure. in our faces. Oh yeah, I mean, between this and the fact that now, like for me, NFL football is back. Like my week is done. Like I, I feel very bad. I'm like I can't hang out with anybody. Sorry, I'm yeah. not gonna see every day. <laughs> just enjoying my life. But yeah, in an also in a series where I have been so like enthusiastic and euphoric about it all today might have been my peak emotion of all of it so like what a time to be a nerd guys <laughs> star wars is canceled but other than that it's pretty good you know star wars <laughs> is dead but we're, we're dead. trying no likes yeah. To try. yeah that's right <laughs> uh Corey, how are you feeling do you agree with eric do you disagree how are you how do you like the series i i usually disagree with eric on pretty much everything that's true. Uh, but uh this i mean i i can't argue with him here i am loving Andor. Rogue One is has been my favorite film, honestly, since it came out. So I was already know, knew that I was going into this experience with like like just kind of that that era and that the lighting and everything is just like absolutely my favorite. And I am just totally spoiled. I, I just cannot believe the show is as good as it is. Like 
the dialogue, I've said this a thousand times, like the dialogue in the writing is like maybe the best Star Wars writing, like, period. Like not even TV, like the dialogue doesn't have any cringe in it, which kind of makes it like not Star Wars a little bit, which is like kind of <laughs> shocking. But like it's just so good. I mean, everything is so good. The the VFX are phenomenal. The the cast is phenomenal. Like I'm having such a blast. I mean, I walked out of today's episode feeling empty inside in a way that live action TV has not ever made me feel. My wife had a full breakdown. Like we were like, <laughs> no, why? Why? Like afterwards, we just couldn't. It took us like two hours to like recover, like frankly. Mm -hmm. Like so, I mean, the show is phenomenal. I cannot believe we're only halfway through the season already. Like it's just yeah. so good. I, yeah, I agree. I like the the point uh, you made about Star Wars cringe, and uh, Chase does too. Uh, but I, I yes. agree that like it it does in some ways feel like uh, it, it's missing. And mm -hmm. I was thinking about this earlier today. I think it was Kevin Scott wrote like a a recipe for Star Wars, kind of joking of like it's twenty percent camp and it's ten percent this and blah blah and yes. I was just thinking about how, yeah, the, the Andor recipe for Star Wars, it uses all the same ingredients, but it, it definitely has like less camp, uh, less of the overt goofiness, which I agree, like that there is definitely yeah. a place for the cringy lines. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Wars, but it's just, but this show is just so, it's so serious. It's like, it's like totally absent. There is no, there is no, you're training to be a Jedi and I'm, I'm a senator. That is not in the show like, at all. Like it's just serious and it's scary. I was so sweaty today, so sweaty. Like my hands yeah. were like shiny. Like in the middle of the show, I was like, I don't know how like I'm gonna do this. Like this is so stressful. Yeah, and it seems like it's it's more cinematic than anything we've gotten in so long. Like I I for the first time really thought today as I was watching the episode, like God, I wish I was seeing the eye on a movie screen like hmm. if this episode was an IMAX I'd probably be crying like straight mm -hmm. up I mean just from the beauty of it all and that mixed with as you said Corey like the dialogue that the Gilroy's put in like can you imagine if Tony Gilroy is like sorry can you say criffing here he's like I, <laughs> yeah. no, absolutely not <laughs> I think we made the same joke in, in episode three when yeah. uh when Mosk says shit and and someone probably was like hey Tony uh we we use these other words and he's like mm -mm, no, no don't no. tell me what to do <laughs> right, so we're, we're gonna eat crunch berries we're gonna say shit we're gonna have a good time yeah. <laughs> that's andor well yeah let's start diving into episode six specifically uh molly we really haven't had a whole lot of time to just sit and talk about it we we walked Hilo and we discussed it a little bit but how did you feel about the eye I liked it a lot. Like uh, so many of these episodes so far have just been so tense and yeah, the writing is so good that it just like pulls my focus in right off the start and like does not let go until the very end. Like I find myself my, like my mind isn't wandering anywhere. Like I'm super just dialed into the show every single episode, but this was such a good peak to this little story arc I feel like and I loved that we've talked about the editing before in this show and how good it is and how like smooth everything is editing one thing into the next into the next it feels very like connected um but the the visuals in this episode were phenomenal like I the second time I watched it I actually did tear up a little bit watching all of the the Aldani people watching them watching the eye and everything. And I was like, ah, oh, this, this looks 
stunning. 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 <laughs> this was my Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it. Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> Why does everyone told, know what that is except for me? I, I told Alex about that, and he was like, what are you talking about? Do you want to learn a lot about yourself? All you got to do is watch one TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that you said that. Though. That scene specifically, Molly, I love that so much because that's the kind of scene we wouldn't get in a lot of things. Like, they take the time to watch the villagers. Mm-hmm. They get to think about it. See, like, that's in the middle of a heist? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It was brilliant. And all the buildup too, right? Like it, it's not like they waited to the very end to show the whole event. Like we're gradually getting more and more of these things mm-hmm. flying over the top of this, uh, in the sky and, and mm-hmm. like the sound effects when they fly over, like that was really stunning. Like as soon as they brought that in and like, I kind of figured out like, this is what this is going to be. I was just like, Oh my, this is some very fun <laughs> VFX. I love that so much. So yeah. I, I love that the the villagers are actually the only people in this episode that kind of get what they want. Like yeah. everyone's yeah, see the eye. Everyone's losing people left and right, and they're just like, This is what we they're just for. out partying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, how was it? Normal year. Normal year of the eye, you know. <laughs> They're not going to really remember. Although it. I will say the villagers, it really felt like they were building up something to happen. Now, I guess that I, was, yeah. I guess that was on purpose. I guess like you're supposed to feel a little tense. Like mm-hmm. there was that little language exchange where he looked like, well, you didn't translate what I just said correctly. And then he, he threw the pelt onto the fire really aggressively. Like, uh-huh. I don't mean, I was really expecting like somebody to start pulling out blasters, like uh Saul Guerrero's troops and Rogue for, one, yeah. at one point. for a second. I, I was like, did that guy just curse him? Cause like he has a heart attack and dies spoilers, but like w- watching That's it the true. second time through, I was like, did that guy curse him? Oh my God. I, wow. I had the same thought that I, I kind of thought they might be the ones to accidentally mess up the heist. Oh, like yeah, they just yeah. would yeah. storm the castle or whatever, mm-hmm. but you make a good point because I felt something similar in episode three. And I think we're just kind of seeing the sound of a reckoning again yeah uh-huh. uh but yep. i i do keep waiting for the people of ferrix or the people the donny to do something and i wonder if we're yeah. going to keep kind of building up to that until the the final arc because i assume yeah, we're going to go back so. to ferrix and like in in the first arc i kind of envisioned the time grappler coming out and just starting to wail on his beskar brick as like a signal of all right, everyone, oh, let's go mess some stuff up. And, yeah. and I, I kind of want to get to that point. <laughs> I would, I mean, gosh, now that I'm just thinking about the time grappler doing that and then jumping down and wailing with the hammers. And he's uh-huh. like, I love how <laughs> he has become such a, such a, an icon of rebellion for that. And I think that's one of the cool things that they're doing in this show is like really organically showing how the different rebellions are starting. Like obviously the Vel cell, as I like to call it, like are pretty far ahead <laughs> in their heist. But like the the Eldani are are just starting and they're okay maybe they're thinking about it and the Fer- the Ferxians or whatever are like maybe in between them and it's like I think that I by the end of it obviously in Rogue One in Episode Four the galaxy is kind of risen but it's so cool to see these different levels yeah uh, uh-huh. oh, it's so good Kilo I, I also I also want to <laughs> I know right I also want to comment really fast like just how big of a fan I am of how developed the villagers kind of are, because that would have been very mm. easy to just kind of like blow off and, Oh, it's a bunch of people in fur coats and stuff, but like they're super diverse people. The cast of that is super diverse. Like there was a lot of 
Like there was all there was language that the subtitles didn't have translated. That was interesting. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know what mm -hmm. they were speaking if it was a real you know Earth language, right? Like oh, <laughs> but and then they had the whole like song chant thing. Mm -hmm. Like they really went way out of their way to develop that group pretty well. It felt like they have a culture. It didn't just feel like these are extras on the set, which I think that is what why this show kind of stands out. You know, it's one of those ways it stands out more than any of the other shows we've seen so far. Is that they just seem. It seemed like that shrimp village a little bit from the first season of Mandalorian, <laughs> yeah. except super developed. Like it, like yeah. it's been a while, you know. Well, it was like All the right. planet that Cassian is from, right? Like we got to hear their language, but it wasn't subtitled for us. And yeah. same with the Eldani villagers. Like you, you right. get everything with like body language and context. Yeah, yeah, the context of the of the scenes, which I really like. I yeah, loved uh, the Gorn's line when, when the engineer was there and he was like setting up his little camera or whatever. And he's like, has it started? I loved him saying, well, the Aldani believed that it's, it never ends. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, cause Gosh. that, I mean, that yeah. is cool. A, the planet is just passing through all of that, all of the rocks yeah. or whatever, whatever Nimic described it as in yeah. episode four. So like the stuff of the eye is always in space. You only get to see mm -hmm. it once every three years yeah and like to me i was like that's the, the aldani are always pissed off they just get right. to like show up to the empire and yeah. tell them how pissed they are once every three years but that they are always annoyed right. by the empire to put it lightly yeah and, and it's I, also like I such an earth kind of stuff it's like such an earth-centric point of view too to get like all big picture on it right is like the sun sets and rises like no it doesn't we move like <laughs> the moon like all these planetary things happen around us and i think what i love that this show is doing it's like it's showing the different cultures of like the empire assumes everyone is moving around them or they can't care about us they don't matter to us right cassian is very much like they don't think about other people and if maybe you took a second maybe and thought about that Maybe you could avoid some of the giant rebellions that are gonna try to burn you down. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just so cool. I, I also, I also love that Lieutenant Gorn is like such the intermediary between these two contrasting ideologies, too, right? Like, all a lot of his lines are like kind of correcting the Imperials, or like you feel like he's more of one of the villagers than he is an Imperial, mm -hmm. and like I love yeah. that the contrast where the two of these. You know, fat bureaucrats are drinking and he's like tucked back in the back, kind of in the shadows. Like, mm -hmm. I love that. I love his character so much. Uh, I hate we are done with him now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same. Yeah. Uh, I wanted yeah. to bring up Chase's <laughs> super chat real quick. Uh, not Star Wars related. Don't kill me. But just wanted to say happy 10 years. Love you both. And Eric and Corey. Cheers, everyone. Thank you, Chase. Yes. Thank Cheers. You, Chase. Cheers to yeah. you guys. 10 years. 10 years. We were talking about that earlier. That's a, that's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> Congratulations, both of you. <laughs> we're celebrating by talking about Andor. That's what... as, <laughs> Doing as your we job. Should. We're going <laughs> out for dinner on Friday. We're, we're saving our celebration for after Andor. After yeah, all, it, all the work. did this for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about, since you mentioned Gorn, and I do love Gorn, but we, we had a lot of loss this episode so who mm. who hit you the hardest Corey? i'll start with you oh man nimic that's not even a question <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so hard so instantly that's what brought caitlin to tears after we finished up the show it was just like why did he have to go and i'm like well i mean his death is really like uh, he was the martyr that looks like he's probably gonna be sort of the the last missing piece that really pulls in cassian into the ideology of the rebellion i love that he passed off the manifesto to to andor that is just yeah 
we're going to get to see that and how that affects him. And I'm so stoked for that. Um, his death was, was utterly heartbreaking. Although, um, interestingly, it actually wasn't the, the thing that, that rolled back and crushed him that, that killed him. It actually wasn't that. What actually killed him was the fact that they took him to a doctor with four hands. He performed a spinal <laughs> surgery with them laying on his side without any anesthetic and in a non-sterile <laughs> field. That's actually what killed him, just for the record. <laughs> Look, Dr. Quadpaw knows what he's doing. I have to believe. <laughs> you, you don't besmirch the name of Quadpaw. Dr. Quadpaw did not even wear Dr. Quad gloves. So, I mean, it's kind of a problem, right? <laughs> his species hands are natural sterile you don't understand <laughs> alex that that doctor reminded me of the veterinarian from better call saul that was like yeah. the go-to doctor to fix everybody's like gunshot wounds and he's like i'm just a veterinarian yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah quad pa, who knows what he usually does probably not a lot of this usual thing right um <laughs> yeah I was going to share this this was uh our reaction to Nimic <laughs> being crushed oh my god uh, yes, oh, like, sound. It even made like a crunching noise. Like, yeah. oh man, it hurt, dude. We we all knew. Like like yeah, you said, yeah. the second yeah. he showed up and he was this adorable space nerd that builds models, I was like, you're dead. Like, and yep, I know yeah. absolutely. And yeah, it didn't. Oh. It, it still hurt. <laughs> I want to bring up this because it's relevant for a super chat from Emma. Thank you. Hey y'all, thanks for having Utini on the show. In my opinion, from last week, Nick Nimick was doomed, but the way he died shocked me. Did it feel anticlimactic? <clears throat> A little bit, and that's mm. right after making that face. I yelled, "That's how! That's how mm -hmm. he dies!" Like it's so upsetting that he was yeah. so close, yeah. and, and then, then he's like crushed by the very thing he was trying to yeah, steal. Yeah, right. It's so metaphoric. I'm like, he, he, he right, because he believed in it so much, and his great success was funding this thing he loved, and then it destroys him. And and it really hit me because you remember, gosh, this was quite a few years now. Um, when a Anton Yelchin died, um, the actor, uh, the mm, Star Trek actor mm -hmm. who played Chuck, that's how he died when, it, when the car mm -hmm. just fell back. And, and I immediately like went back to that moment of like, it's oh, kind no. of a tangible death. And in Star Wars, a lot of times, oh, blaster bolts, like things like it, you can't really identify mm. this. But I felt it was so visceral the way he went and he was like slowly going. They tried to get yeah. him to a surgeon. And, and in Star Wars, if you get to the doctor, usually you're fine. You get like a character yeah. reset and you get some back to all right. They can apparently replace all your organs with just like <laughs> yeah, pipes right? and stuff. Yeah. So I mean like yeah. you know And they're like, no, <clears throat> the doctor, like the fact that they tried and couldn't do it, that's what surprised me the most. Yeah, Nimic that couldn't I feel his legs. Darth Maul didn't yeah. have legs. Yeah, I know, he was exactly. It's the, it's the difference. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I I also I do appreciate like like weirdly how medical it was like they did kind of make it a it wasn't just like, oh, he's hurt, he's dead. It was like he can't feel his leg. You crush, you heard the sound, then you can't feel his legs, and they get him to the doctor, and then he dies on the table, yeah. right? So, like, yeah, it, it was even that like, like adrenaline puncture thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess, oh yeah. yeah, and he was having trouble, like, 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 uh, I assume it was like an anesthetic, like a big dose of morphine or something. Yeah, he was like, like really having trouble adrenaline. focusing. And it's the stems from Fallen Order, right? That's what Cal gets. He just goes, Yeah, ah! <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> the way that yeah. I thought about how he died, my first thought was like, Oh man. Freaking Skeen and his greed for more money. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why that mm. that pack was still there and not like up with the other ones. Like it was just yeah. sitting there. That was like the last thing that they put in. And I was yeah, like, was he was killed by cart. greed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. 
It could have, and, and and then he kept doing his job though. Like that's why now that's why now no. the best. He dragged like, him to the bridge, and he like <laughs> read that stuff. I was like, good god, man! Like, not only that, was, but it, he, he's using that that old device yeah. that he was talking yeah. about, and he was like, this this device is how you do it. Like this device will let mm -hmm. us get through the eye, and you yeah. see yeah. the Tie Fighters. The pilots, their instruments are not working mm -mm. because they're mm -mm. just standard issue Tie Fighters, not developed for whatever the eye is. Yeah, and like I, I love that Nimic and all of his philosophies, and he was like, "This device is freedom," and then he's right. I know he's right uh, when he's giving Cassian all, so all the orders, and Cassian's like, "I have nowhere to go. Like we can't go no. up now," and he's like, "No, seriously, go." Yeah. Like that yeah. was so emotional. And, and I, we saw there's this tweet, our, our buddy Jacob put in our Slack, I gotta share that, was like, when he's telling him to climb, climb, it's also K2's last directive to Cassian. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. I was a, a, a goner. I was <laughs> yeah. like, Cass you just gotta climb, dude. That's your whole life. It's just climbing and climbing and climbing. And- uh, no. I love that throwback oh. line. That was and that's a good, good that's, I, I just, remembered Skeen's line of talking about how like we were born in the pit and the only way out is to climb yeah. on top of others. Yep. But yep. And the Imperials uh, talk about talk about climbing the ladder too quickly. Yeah. yeah. It's all mm. about climbing. Interesting. There's a lot of climbing of this episode. Guys, just, <laughs> yeah. You know what? You just stay where you are and you're happy with your life. You won't get crushed and you won't get shot. That's what we learn. Just stay where you are. Be content <laughs> with not advancing anywhere. Star a, Wars. A very closely related point can we talk about skiing for a second like because i feel like that was utterly shocking to me like uh -huh, like when he when he like quick draw shot him i was like oh my god i had to like i had to pause yeah. and it shocked me so bad i was just like yeah. holy smokes andor has <laughs> morality and ethics <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> like yeah that was man did that shock you guys as much as it did me did you see it coming i, I did not see that coming I figured he was the the way he was talking. I was like, no, Cassian's going to shoot him. I I think when he did it, I was like, mm -hmm. like you, you deserve that. I don't know that he really did. He could have like kneecapped him or something, so he couldn't yeah. have yeah. stolen the ship. But uh, after yeah, I was I was surprised. Told him and like after mm -hmm. Nimic finally getting through to Cassian, mm -hmm. him like doing a switch like that and being like it's all about the money man mm -hmm. you and yeah. me are the same and he's like that, no I, we're not. I was more shocked by that yeah the revelation yeah that he was just lying yeah the, was that, the, was that you believe him I, do you think that that's true oh, yeah. like the whole oh. the whole the uh, my brother story is not real why is he there then what's his motive what is his motivation for being there was he always money? planning to steal the load i guess well, i mean i can't decide if the brother story was a lie outright or not or if he really did have a brother that died but he mm. said the line like I, I don't have a brother but to me i just thought it could be i don't have a brother anymore he doesn't matter to me uh, yeah yeah i don't know it could go either way <laughs> Ooh, i i thought that uh, for my uh, that's why i love this show because like everyone's lying all the time um I know. and I, I i got that he does that the story was false and i think he used it just to get on the squad to do a job He's like he said, I'm just crawling over the next person in the pit and these people needed a sob story and I gave it to him. And mm. I also might be projecting his character from the bear a little bit, um, <clears throat> but <laughs> another great show. Uh, mm -hmm. But I just that is what really shocked me when he lied and turned when Cassian pulled the trigger. I was like, that did make sense by that point. Like you asked, I was like, OK, through the conversation, I kind of guess that's where it was going, because 
We all know the classic story. Oh, I'll split it with you. I'm betraying them, but I won't betray you. Right. And I think Cassian's mm -hmm. like, oh no, you gotta die now. <laughs> like there's I know that you're gonna yep. shoot me, so I'll shoot it's the it's the Cassian shot first, uh, if you will. Um, but I was also surprised when he came in to find that it's only him and Vel left. I think if it like that kind of double death within what 10 seconds there was like, oh my god, now everyone is gone but Vel and Cinta. I was like, mm -hmm. I wonder. I wonder if Skeen made that decision when he found the kyber crystal on Andor. Mm. He's like, oh, Ooh. this guy's just in it for the money. I know what to do now. I like that. In a way. It's tough because like I want to believe that Skeen actually I, I think he was manipulating things a little bit to get to that planet, get Vel off mm -hmm. the ship so that he can then steal the ship. But I also do think he cared about Nimic, I want to believe he. Who, how could you not? How could you not I, care yeah, about Nimic? Yeah, like yeah. Maybe that's what maybe that's what did it for him. Is like Nimic's Nimic's dead. I have nothing to to do anymore. I have nothing to live for anymore with this. I don't have to be invested in this anymore. Like, yeah. Also, everyone's got a know. price. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's like also the cruel thing is that you know Cassian's getting two hundred grand for this job, and that it, we're meant to believe that is a lot. That is a life changing amount. And then he's like, "Cool, what about forty mil? Like yeah. that? Like." I mean, maybe maybe point. Luthen also recruited Skeen the way that he recruited Andor, right? Like maybe maybe mm. he is also just a mercenary for mm. hire that has a specific skill. I don't really know what his skill is. I mean, <laughs> he had a couple cowardly moments. I feel like in the in the firefight, you know what I mean? He's like, he oh wanna, yeah, he, yeah. he, he, was, he was asked to, to to cover that guy, and I feel like he, he wasn't didn't. doing a good job on purpose. Yeah, like, he, he yeah, shot one you. dude. He shot one dude and then he kind of like went back in. He was freaked. He was a little too freaked to be like this this hard, you know, rough and tumble yeah, muscle so guy, know. which he definitely projected for the first couple episodes. And then I'm, I, yeah, you guys are absolutely right. I think that he, when push came to shove, he realized, you know what? If I'm in the rebellion, I'll probably have to do this many times. And I'm not surviving all of those. Hmm. There's no way I'm going to make it out of four missions in a row. So I'm just going to cut my losses and skedaddle. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. There's a lot I think is intentionally ambiguous. Like, I don't yeah. think we're ever going to know yep. when Skeen decided to try to take all the money. Uh, yep. I also wanted to bring up because you brought up Cinta. I can't decide if she shot all the hostages or not. Like, <laughs> oh, she oh, walked out of the base. Good and she, point. She we was didn't get like, it all clear, did we? <laughs> it looked like she was crying. I, I, I just got the sense that maybe I, I hope we find out and something next episode, but we, we found out that stormtroopers killed her whole family. So yeah. Yep. She might be uh, looking for revenge too. Right. The kid though. Ooh. You think she shot that kid? Dude, that's dark. Oh my yeah, God. He was, he was mean, sick all the time. That's, fine. that's true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, the the whole anymore. Thing, Look at that. We fixed it. The whole <laughs> heist was like, so Molly said, I thought this was going to be a little more sneaky, but like the second those doors closed, no. they were just like, nope, blasters out. Yep. Tie yep. that kid up. I was like, what is going on? Like it, it was yeah. almost. It's worked. also nice. I also like to, okay. I would like to say that it's nice to see a heist go to plan, like in a, in a show or a movie for once. Right. Cause every time yeah. there's always a heist, it always goes to shit immediately. Right. And like, <laughs> right. they have to rebuild the whole plan and nothing works and it all falls mm -hmm. apart. And we're meant to look at how stupid all the characters are for making all these mistakes. But this worked like kind of flawlessly other than the fact that they kind of got caught with the communications. Right. Yeah, so like whatever happened with that device. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that was, that weirdly made it 
I don't know, intense or like scary, I guess that like, it seemed like it was working because you, you're led to believe longer and longer and longer that it's all going to work out. And like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was really the, the fact that they got to continue the plan, like as, as they kind of wanted to sort of made it a little more intense for me. So. Yeah. I, I do mm-hmm. want to say also at this point, like we're, cause we're just getting all the deaths and stuff. I thought it was all handled super well. I love the characters that are going on. It was unfortunate that the first two people to die in the team happened to be the black dudes. I, I think that Star Wars doesn't have that great reputation for that. And, like, I think they handled it well. A lot of folks died. But, like, just to be aware of it as a fandom, like, it was handled it made well. It, it made it better that everybody died, I guess. Yes, but yeah, still, like, I, I definitely hear the point. A waste. But just, like, that was one of the things that, like, only slightly brought me out where I was like, I think we could have handled that better just because of history. Mm. Like, I'm glad the two queer women survived. That was great. They yeah. usually don't get to do that. Um I don't know how Cinta's gonna meet back up with Veldo. Yeah, they're making it more and more overt. Yes, yeah, I think so. Um, Real quick, I'm gonna bring up the super chat from Johnny C. Books and Comics. While the guys are still here, I just want to say that the Utini reading orders, ratings, and reviews are such a great and appreciated resource. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Um. Yeah, but gosh, I. It's weird. I've, so I've only still watched the episode once and everything we're talking about now, I'm just kind of amazed that I'm not also watching it. Like I'm going to watch it immediately after this one. I'm talking about, <laughs> but like it, it's, it, I think this is one of those episodes that I'm going to rewatch over and over and over and over again, because it just is kind of unlike anything we've gotten so far. And it's just going to get me completely pumped. It, the, I mean, the, what you're talking about is like watching the whole team get picked off. I, I was someone who last week was like, uh, I kind of am itching for some action and I knew, I knew we would get it all this week, but uh, now I'm so glad that they spent all that time letting us get to know Lieutenant yes. Gorn and yes. and, and Nimic and like, cause it just hurts all the more. Yeah. I do feel like they, they gave us the information about Terramen, the, the fact that he used to be a stormtrooper. I wonder yep. if they put that in to make his death like a little more bearable for people. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, and the fact that he's the guy that should know all the battle stuff, and then he just gets picked off, like, yeah. I, which also might be the most stormtrooper thing ever. Though, yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of how it works, right? Well, yeah, Skeen was supposed to be covering him, and he was doing a shit yeah. job. So, he trusted yeah, him. we and I, that that very well might have been like the first little Skeen clue that, yeah. that something wasn't right. We gotta watch. It, that, that's what it is. I know we gotta watch the whole arc again and like try to pinpoint. <laughs> That's, yeah, I, I, I went that... back through and I watched stuff for for Nimic specifically because I mm. tomorrow's mm. video is all about Nimic because I love him love him and I miss him already. Mm. So I mean, just wanted he, to he, go he, back his, through his scenes. He's not a he's not a character we've seen really. <laughs> like we don't get the because he's not just the bookworm. He also does action and but he also just is so dedicated to the cause. But he's not an extremist. Like he's just such. I mean, he's really just like a Marxist. Really, like he just believes so much in this philosophy. And he will fight, but he will do the calculations. And I, I, I'm blown away by the actor. I think the actor just did such yeah, a beautiful job with that role. And obviously, we we now know his arc. But I mean, what he also, a, what a he also freaking sniper pinpointed that guy that yeah. had Cassian. Can we, yeah, that was great, great shot. Just, that was super we, badass. Like, we made some guesses <laughs> on what maybe everyone's downfall could be. I was wrong about all of them. Uh, and, and Molly suggested, like, maybe, you know, Nimic is not the best soldier. He was asleep on the job when we first met him. 
And so maybe he won't be able to pull the trigger. And I remember when he shot that dude and (laughs) saved Cassie and I was like, Oh my God, like go (laughs) mimic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the guts to take to believe that you're not going to hit him. I'm like, how many shots have you taken Nimic? Like what yeah. is, you've yeah. trained buddy. Like it was, it was really, really excellent. He will, he will live on in his writings though. I'm, I'm excited oh, to see God. like where that goes. Cause like Cassian has mm-hmm. his book now and like mm-hmm. he might, you know, we might see it pop up time from time to time in the show and mm-hmm. who knows where it goes yep. after I that. Mean, yeah. You have to imagine that Nimic saved the galaxy that he yeah. gave Cassian the tools to like philosophically change his mind, become the yep. person that's willing to go to Scarif and sacrifice his life so that someone eventually can blow up the Death Star. I'm just yeah. gonna Nimic is the savior of the galaxy. It <laughs> is. <laughs> and I I love that I love that too because like right now I mean the show could end like technically. Like it's kind of like Cassian has an out right now. Like we're leaving him as he's leaving. Like he's on his way out the door now. He's like, my job's done. I'm done here, but he has the book. So like we can assume, I guess that the book is part of what turns him back, but I'm very interested to see how he's going to be looped back into this because like we've had this huge story arc of him being recruited. And now I, I always assume that this was it. Like that was the recruitment. Now he's in the rebellion, but apparently he's leaving again. So I'm very interested to see how that, influences him to come back i guess he could yeah. take some of those ideas back to ferrix and like That's help true. lead them in their revolt yeah i like that i have all those original characters still i guess to yeah. swing back around on so in b2 emo where's b2 emo where is, where is he Funko is arriving <laughs> is he at safe? my apartment on saturday all right him. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna guess that he he has the manifesto so the next three episodes, it might be just Cassian on his own. Uh, he he reading. was kind of, yeah, he just was kind reading, of, yeah, he just reading for three episodes. For three episodes. <laughs> he was kind of forced into this job with uh, Vel and her crew. And I, I think it would be nice if he, if he were the one to approach Luthen next to be like, Hey, oh, sure. I want to do, I want to go back to Ferrix. I want to help them. And I need your help. Like, to see uh, him actually make the choice to do a little yeah. rebelling that, <clears throat> that feels like the next step for him. Yeah. Cause as far as Luthen's concerned, as we see at the end of the episode, this is, this is a win, right? Oh, yeah. he's like, he knew yeah, people yeah. would die, but he's like, I consider this an absolute win, right? He's like laughing. He's like, that was crazy, but whoo, you know, <laughs> his, he Con- all about contrasted, the- contrasted a little bit with Mon Mothma in the Senate. Interestingly, Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, those final like three little scenes <laughs> where like let's real quick catch up with the empire and the senate yeah and mm-hmm. <laughs> meanwhile back at the hall of justice like, <laughs> it, was, it was chaos and mon moth was like giving a speech and she's like everyone's ignoring me what the hell let me check twitter oh my god like <laughs> i thought the same thing i was like she's checking what's trending on twitter yeah. right now yeah. <laughs> she's like okay i get it never mind never mind we'll talk why are about the, the only master. five people in this room not paying attention to me yeah <laughs> i really uh, hope yeah. that's not the only senate scene we see because that went by real real quick yeah it did it was so nice to see it like i got that jolt of like oh god it's the senate wild it's yeah. wild to see senate. it again frankly like i thought that was just very strange to me like i mean it looks really really good don't get me wrong it looked really, really good but like mm-hmm. i was like holy smokes we're in the prequel suddenly like it was just kind of jolting yeah. coming from the contrast of everything else that happened so mm-hmm. yeah i wasn't expecting to see that at the very end of this yeah mm-hmm. no but i like how it is going to 
lead us into the next yeah. arc for her and for Luthen. Yeah. And then I love the reality of Luthen having the moment of like, you know, oh, do you have anything from Eldani? My first thought was, oh my God, he's getting arrested. Uh -huh. But no. He's like, like, he panicked big time. Like, <laughs> like oh my God. So, oh, why do you ask? Uh? <laughs> like, super elite rich people that are out of touch always just want tragic stuff. Like, oh my God, do you have anything from this? Oh, it's so cool. It's so hot right now. Eldani was tons of people died Ooh, it's like a souvenir like that's that's yeah. how influencers treat tragedy and i'm like dang andor go <laughs> off <laughs> well even what that little exchange with the woman who was like buying a pendant or whatever and mm -hmm. he was like it's a language everyone forgot you get to make it up yourself now yeah. <laughs> and I'm like what it's like people <laughs> in the in 90s who would get like chinese script tattoos and they're like oh i don't know God. what this says it looks looks it's cool <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it yeah. says peace it does not <laughs> sure doesn't yeah that's i love oh, his man. whole shop still just that it, it's all of these artifacts from yep. various cultures that have been dominated by the empire yeah yeah i want to go we, to we, there we got a slightly new angle i feel like too in this particular episode i need to go back and and look to see if there's stuff that we haven't seen before like i guess they could have i don't know inventory could have changed too i guess but like mm -hmm. I don't know if it was all the same or if it's different. I like that the guy was like, oh, I was just kidding. Like, he just brought that yeah. up. Yeah. And Casually. Like, Dude, <laughs> it's been an hour. Maybe. I know. Like, yeah, and of course, we'll find out, I'm sure, who he is and what all they have in the, what the Abrams art of Andor season one or the, the visual guide to Andor. Like, I am sure there's going to be a lot of really amazing, <laughs> amazing reference books that we eventually get to find out all these guys. Yeah. And I want to bring up while well, Alex is fixing his his AirPods. Got this, <laughs> got this man. Super chat. Uh, Panda One, thank you so much for the very generous super chat. Episode six of Andor was the perfect balance between great writing and action. Yes. Agree. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like your point you made earlier, Alex, about the uh, pacing. Like, um, like it's been super slow up to this point and suddenly we're getting all this action. So I feel like it, it made it worthwhile. I think in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. it's very different than Mandalorian that like Mando is just kind of boom, boom, boom. Like this has been a lot of buildup and stuff, which a lot of people complain about actually. Right. But I honestly appreciated how slow the pace was and it made this episode in particular, like the payoff much greater. So big, big yeah. Yeah, pacing, honestly. I like how like in Obi-Wan, it felt like the ups and downs of that yeah. series mm -hmm. as it went on, it was like, it felt really forced, but this mm -hmm. having him kind of broken up in between multiple episode arcs, mm -hmm. it, the flow feels a lot better, even though there are very abrupt endings to the episodes. Overall, it feels yeah. like yeah. it connects a lot better. Yeah, I, I, mean, I missed the initial question because my uh, headphones died. What, <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, I'm just talking I, I just about said that the, yeah, the point that you yeah. made earlier that the pacing, like it felt like a big payoff now, like that was just a big, I'm such a big fan of like how someone, the super chat said that this has been a lot of action in this particular episode. So mm. yeah. um, big fan. Oh yeah, this one. Yeah. Like, I mean, can you imagine action. if like, if like Empire Strikes Back had been a series and the middle episode is just Luke on Dagobah, just meditating and people would have been like, Where's Han and Leia? Why don't we I care know. about what's going on in Cod City? Where's Darth yeah. Vader? And it's it's like, the nature of weekly release television, a, but I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate it that, that they are telling the story they want to tell. And yeah. like it, it does make the payoff much greater for me personally. So It, it does yes, feel yeah. very similar to the Clone Wars 
it, some mm-hmm. of those arcs where it'll mm-hmm. be like build up, build up, and then the last episode is usually just all of the action and fighting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sure. We were, or we're we still are covering it in our chronological rewatch, but there there are some episodes where it's like, well, we're, it's the end of the arc, and it's just a lot of fighting, and there's not a ton to talk about. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. This this even though it was a very action heavy episode, I still saw so much going on uh, and that that like thematically that's really fun to talk about yeah mm-hmm. yeah for sure it's incredible you know one one other tiny little detail that nobody's talked about yet uh was the depiction of the money in the vault it was very interesting to me how many different ways are we going to see money in star wars like this has got to be its, its so own fun. giant wikipedia <laughs> article at this point and i also love the fact like the Big cylinders were weird and interesting. Like, who would stack money like that? It looks like a giant, yeah. like you know, like when you you put the 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 your change and like the coin star or whatever at the bank, and it gives you the rolls. Like, that's what this is. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool. Right. It's it's rolls of coins, and I love that they couldn't get even like a third of it. Like they, I, you would expect yeah. them to clean the vaults out, right? Yeah, but they that's didn't what I was thinking. All of it. I think yeah. they were stunned when they when they first opened the vault and like they saw all of it, and they were like. Oh shit! Like, how are we gonna get all of this in here? Yeah, just go, 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 go. Yeah, and like, no droids. Space. It was all manpower. What would they have done if all those guards hadn't been down there? Like, yeah, would have been for nothing. They clearly missed that part of the plan, I yeah. guess. So, yeah, I'm surprised not. Yeah. Maybe it, it killed the dude. So, like, clearly, it was very hard to, to load it all. <laughs> it was that, uh, yeah, that but, man had to do 15 minutes of manual labor and it killed him. Like that, I have no sympathy for nope. Commandant uh, Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> and I skipped the gym this morning to watch Andor. I think there's poetry in that. Uh, <laughs> it was also carrying the big cylinder tube thing was also very reminiscent of Solo and loading up the mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, yeah. the whatever the fuel. Right. Yep. Yeah. This episode was very Solo. I got like the yeah. again heist to heist. I obviously it's that completely one to one, but the excitement and the tension and like things going wrong and the moving and then the flying and the Tie Fighters on your tail like. If you liked Andor season six or episode six, <laughs> have you watched Solo in a hot minute? Because <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Very, very I, I feel like this has been the best uh, heist we've gotten in Star Wars. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. when Rogue One was getting ready to come out, they they kind of said it's a heist movie, and it's like, well, the last bit is kind of a heist movie, and then they were like, yeah. Solo is a heist movie, and it's like, yeah, they try to steal a train car, and then they steal the. But like, what I've always wanted is someone to sit down with a model and a plan and here's <laughs> what we're going to do and here's exactly. how it all goes wrong and i'm like they did it that, like oh that's God. what i want to see just take scoundrels. Needed in oceans 11 yeah in yeah. star wars yeah. scoundrels by scoundrels by timothy yeah, yeah. zahn is the book that needs to be made into a movie <laughs> there you go it's very very good I, high story i really yeah. i see nemec becoming your next bigs here alex if things don't go wrong like there's some there's some <laughs> about this character and his model making and i think any figure that <laughs> never gets made is going to be have ruined. Do you have a manifesto <laughs> somewhere, Alex, that we've never showed us? <laughs> it's, like, it's all yeah. about pigs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most ashes for all. Uh, uh, real quick, I want to bring this very, very generous super chat from smoked. Patrick Dubay. Happy anniversary, Alex and Molly. Thank you. Buy yourself some pumpkin beer. Enjoy, guys. I got some right now. I'll buy nice. more. Patrick. You're already on it. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I think B two emo is my my ride or die for this series. That's fair. He is the one that I've I've committed myself Gosh. to. Uh, but we'll He's see so if great. they put out a black series of Nimic, I might I might grab it. Our sweet yeah. sweet boxy boy. He's gonna be so <laughs> sad. Cassie's been gone for so long. <laughs> like, uh, I missed you. Where He'll be like, you? where have you been? <laughs> you need a band aid. 
what what do we think is next for the characters that we haven't seen as much like i'm honestly curious what luthan is going to do now that he has Mm -hmm. 80 million credits because it seems like he needed mon mothma for the money and maybe he doesn't need her as much anymore so i'm wondering if that's going to start causing some tension i Mm. i feel like I feel like we're gonna. I feel like the heat is gonna come down on everybody. Is kind of what mm-hmm. I'm. What I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. The fact they we ended with that. Uh, you know, at uh, IS, ISB headquarters mm-hmm. or whatever, and like everybody coming in, we're all gonna be here till midnight. Like, nobody's going home. Call your families. Like it feels like it feels like it's about to get really hot. And like and he literally said, them. like, look up the planetary retaliation emergency response, yes. whatever. Like we're yeah. we're going to retaliate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, we're ordering what, Chinese. Everyone, what's what's that? We we've seen cereal. What's the takeout boxes in the ISB? Like two a.m. We're ordering those blue noodles. Oh yeah! Everybody, like hunker down. That's it. Take your take your stim pills. Yeah, yeah. Rosh them down with your cap. I want to see Vel meet back up with uh, Luthen. Luthen and like I, I assume Vel's going to continue in this show in some way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I want to see where where her j- journey goes, and like, hopefully, Cinta makes it off that planet and meets back yeah. up with them. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that like, I'm hoping obviously we get those two together. I think we're gonna take some. I I think we're getting for a mini time jump. I'm not sure how long, but I feel like there will be something between the time we see Cassie and next, where he is reading the manifesto, where he's kind of. You know what's that? The line in Rogue One of not we, not everyone has the luxury of deciding when to believe in something, right? I yeah. think this mm-hmm. is this manifesto. He's going to take the time to now become that man. I think going back to Ferrix is like not a bad idea because he said he'd be back <clears throat> eventually, and now he has money yeah. to kind of fix mm-hmm. Marva's house, maybe get her some heat, please. <laughs> what's up, you know? Chaco. Hey, Chaco. Chaco, <laughs> huge hey. fan. Nice. Awesome. Full First pitch. Sith. I'm full of sit. That was a oh, long geez. time ago, man. <laughs> That is funny. Many moons. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Alex, if you remember a very long time ago when I was much of a shrewd businessman, I pitched you on Utini at one point. We had, I don't remember, I don't remember what we ended up doing. We ended up doing something. You give us a shout out. That was a long time ago. Six years ago or something crazy. (laughs) Children. We were children. I know. But but we babies. There was not Star Wars live action television. I know. It was not even a dream at that point. Yeah, I'm excited to see kind of how this comes around as well. Like, I hope we get to see a little bit more of the might of the Empire a little bit because, like, mm-hmm. you know, even even Rogue One has this strong, like, the Rebels win type of feeling, right? And this is going on at the same time as the Rebels TV show, right? So the right. Rebellion is barely a thought yet, right? So I think I would like to, I would like to see and also kind of expect, like, like this retaliation thing to be sort of visualized on screen to some degree. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how far they take that you know obviously you know uh uh you, you could the vfx would be very expensive if there's like a true planetary retaliation type we're, we're about to thing. see a lot of mining accidents I think. yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh, that's perfect yeah totally oh, no. but yeah yeah i think i mean i think we will i think there's a reason that we we're waiting to see like does Cyril get that job with his uncle is he now back what's Didra doing like we've just seen her stewing like some people are really really mad and I I I mean we haven't seen Saw Guerrero yet he's in the trailer (laughs) so that's true that never goes well 
Alex, we were talking about the prison break from the trailers. Like maybe that's going to come into play at some point soon. Yeah, there's still so much that I like. I was kind of wondering. I, I was trying not to to publicly talk about it for fear of spoilers, but I was kind of wondering if everyone would get caught in this heist because it looks like Cassian is in prison at some point. So, yeah, we we have so much other stuff in the trailers to still get through. Um, and I, I'm wondering how Cassian winds up. It, it's either like a prison or it's a very THX one one three eight style. Uh, They're all in those like job, white but... jumpsuits and barefoot. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I will. It looked like think... it was on Coruscant. So if Cassian is to Coruscant, I would freaking love. It's also just so fun that like I I gotta say after two two full arcs, I, I think that we can confirm this like actual intentional three episode arc structure with the same director doing these stories is wildly successful. I, Oh yeah. I yeah. Brilliant. It. Holy I love, it. I love it too. Um, too. Although I, I finished every episode with like, I don't know what's going to happen next. And then you have a third episode that just knocks your socks off. And it's just like, yeah, it's a fantastic pacing for a show. It's something yeah. like even episode three and episode six, they end. And I'm just like, more i want more yeah. i'm upset when they end, even though it like puts a little uh bookend on everything it makes yeah. you wonder because like didn't they say originally they wanted to do like five seasons of this show and then they yeah. did the first season and they were like oh this is too much work yeah yeah but, um, <laughs> like, okay two two with time jumps yay yeah <laughs> like, okay. i can't imagine if we got five seasons of this <sighs> i kind of wish we could but i understand I no yeah. <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see how this show affects the greater Star Wars live action TV sort of, you know, storytelling, right? Because it does feel like if it does feel like up to this point, we've had like the Filoni verse a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and then now we have this, which is radically different than I feel like anything we've had. Um, Like even Kenobi was, it still had, I don't know, tonally, it felt very much Filoni verse-esque, you know what I mean? Like, but this is just totally different like is this gonna is this repeatable like is it work because it's andor and it's the rebellion versus empire which has always been the classic story or does this work because of something else like i'm very curious to see what's gonna happen like i think it's repeatable i mean as you both know the star wars books are wildly different and they always have been like the x-wing books are are just different from the thrawn trilogy and Uh, anything yeah. the, the jedi academy trilogy whatever um so i the books have always explored these different genres these different age levels and so i think andor is a bit of an experiment like mm-hmm. kathleen kennedy straight up said we wrote this for an older audience and we'll see how it goes and i uh, think that it works can- yes, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope that this just continues to lead to yeah more- me too and more diversity in the in the types of storytelling that we get because yeah. I love the Mandalorian for different reasons that I than I love uh, Andor. I'm exactly. probably going to really enjoy uh, uh, what is it the Young Jedi Adventures or the the little yeah. animated yeah. show. Like, yeah. but I'm sure I'll like that different. just fine for completely different reasons. But right. I like the idea that TV, like the books, can now have a bunch <laughs> of different options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you sure, let they... the creators do what they want, like what they want to do. Favreau and Filoni clearly wanted to do Mandalorian, and then Filoni wanted to make it to Ahsoka. Like that was the plan. Great, we'll stay out of your way. You do that. Tony Gilroy is like, I want to write a Cassian show, and I'm going to make a Tony Gilroy show. I'm going to write it with my brother. 
we're going to sure run it the way we want to. Great. Here's a check. Like, I think that <laughs> that seems to be the future of like, and, and the, the Russian doll uh, creator who, I, whose name I forget mm-hmm. right now is doing the acolyte. Like same mm-hmm. deal. Leslie Headland. Like, great. Yes. Who do you want to work with? What do you want to do? Here you go. Like uh-huh. we're, we're getting there, you know? And I think that's the future. I like that all these Star Wars shows, like we get stuff like Obi-Wan and Mando who that feels like the chocolate and vanilla, maybe the strawberry ice cream. Mm -hmm. And then a show like Andor is like the brown butter bourbon barrel, like (laughs) top shelf, kind of like fancy ice cream. And eventually we'll get like (laughs) pistachio ice cream, like all these different flavors that like... Mm -hmm different people are going to enjoy, but it's all ice yeah. cream. It's all delicious. That's right. Oh my gosh, and I yes. think just, I think because we got so much of the full universe live action back to back, it all started to kind of run together. I mean, just, we had multiple seasons mm-hmm. of Mando and book of Boba Fett. Like I was ready for something kind of new and different. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love those shows. I mean, I had a blast with all of those shows, like you say, for different reasons, but like it is, it's, it's wild how almost a palate cleanser is so refreshing. Like to, it, it, it proves that like, like, Animation doesn't have to be a certain way. Live action also doesn't have to be a certain way. Like everything mm-hmm. can be a little bit different, and that's super fun and refreshing. And I hope we continue to see that, like even on just shows that we haven't, we don't know anything about yet, that are still, right. you know, not even an afterthought yet. I mean, I, I think I would get bored if Star Wars became like I've seen people say, like Andor is what Star Wars should be all the time, and like, no, 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 that's no. like yeah. I, I, I you feel that way is. because it's I new do. and different. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I yeah. miss the pulp. I, I do miss some of the 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 cringe dialogue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I exactly. want I want a little bit of the the prequel memes energy. I mean, uh, that's some of the that's some <laughs> of the best stuff from the original movies. Is like Han being really stupid on the Death Star and yeah, just like yeah. running in all these different directions. Yoda and Empire is like really silly but hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like mm-hmm. we would we would miss that stuff the camp yeah stuff. i just it's i all, like all, having the option of hey i want something serious in my star wars today it's andor hey i want something that's just a little more fun let's put on mando like yeah yeah, yeah the whole like give book. give blank star wars it's like no we don't have to. the thing about ip is that there are are just hundreds of people working on these things and the fact that there are different people like lucas didn't direct the original trilogy himself you know, like the fact that he brought in people already when mm-hmm. it all started was intentional. And like you said earlier, like with the books, show it even more than anything. Like no two Star Wars books that come out back to back are really the same. And mm-hmm. then you can get your romance, your heist, your your space galactic adventure and your buddy cop. Like whatever you want. It's all in the universe we love. Agreed. Yeah. Mm. We didn't even talk about our drawings yet. Oh yeah, let's do this homework. <laughs> let's do that. We, I think we fifty-four uh, minutes in. Here we I, go. I, I was, I was hoping somebody forgot about that. To be honest, <laughs> well, hey, I'm going to set the bar so low because I drew it like minutes before we went live. Uh, I mean, I did too. I, I already saw yours, and it looks better than mine. Uh, I, I I did the the thing what that's on at here. Yeah, I, it's an abstract piece. Uh, <laughs> it looks that looks like my tattoo. Yeah, it kind of does. Oh, it does. It, oh God, it does. It was what was on Nimic's little device as he was guiding them out. I of, love it. Uh, the the eye because I I loved I loved my boy Nimic. He's hurt, but he's still going to save everyone's lives. And I was like, I don't know how to draw that. And I was like, I can do that. So that's what I drew. Dang. I know, it was Perfect. hard to pick something hey. to draw in this one. It's the navigation. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 
got oh, it. Yeah. Perfect. Got it. <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. All right. Uh, there was no time. There was no time for the 69%. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll go next. Mine's actually like very, it's almost the same scene. I don't want to intimidate you all by my skill. I did use three different markers oh, um, that I found in my oh. desk. Oh, me is, too. This is that same scene. So this highlighter. Oh my god. Mimic's on the ground because his legs don't work. But he's sitting up. The and highlighter just sat. does not count as a marker, Eric. Yes! Come on. There's all the eye things. And then, oh, then uh, Skeen is very angry. I gave him angry eyebrows. And then Elle gets uh, blonde hair because she's blonde. And that 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 scene going, climb, climb. There you go. So I love Nimic's little sad face. <laughs> He's I like, know. I can't feel my legs. Mm. Like, that's oh, Nimic's no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. So that was it. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, who wants, I guess to, who wants to go next? Corey or Molly? <laughs> I, don't, oh. I don't know how to follow that up, but I'll, I'll go next. <laughs> I also used three markers, three dry mar erase markers. And I just drew, I, this is lazy, but I drew oh, the oh, eye. I like it. <laughs> All right, Molly wins. It's not even a question. It's very good. <laughs> I... It was just so stunning. It was. It was. Again, so again, the VFX of the eyes just really some of the most impressive I think we've seen. Yeah. I loved all of that. It's so like much. that meme, like they didn't have to go that hard, right? It's like Phil Collins in the Tarzan soundtrack and yes. the VFX artist on the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> did not yeah. have to go as hard as they did. <laughs> all right. Mine is much less interesting, but we haven't talked about this. I drew the uh, oh, yeah, Time yeah, Fighters. Yeah. Yes! Yeah, yes. yeah, the Tie Fighters hanging. This is very, very bad. I didn't really remember what was in it. I didn't. I didn't use an image. Like as a guide, I just. Kind of <laughs> That's from it, memory. Right? From, That's very from good. memory. That was, yeah, uh -huh. that was such a great shot too, because you could see the the eye behind it, and then we've talked mm -hmm. about it a couple times on the show about how well the Tie Fighters are being used in this show. Like they're actually yeah. scary. Yeah. They're, the sound design just like hits different. So yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that scene and being able to see people get into the cockpit and like what that yeah. actually looks like. Yeah, with the beauty of yeah. the eye in the background and the mm -hmm. destruction of the TIE fighter in the foreground. It's like, we're going to go kill people. And it's all red. They got it right too, right? The pilot yeah. is all cast in all the red light and everything. And yep. also, I, we haven't, I don't think we've seen this before. The... Uh, the glass on the cockpit had a really deep, like kind of green tint to it, like from the, I guess from the area from they the were eye, in or whatever. Yeah. That yeah. was really, really cool. Um, yeah, I loved, uh, I don't know if you guys saw that or if you've talked about it before, uh, the Lost Stars reference with like Thane Tyrell or whatever talking about like swooping down to intimidate the locals and stuff. That's right out of the books. I saw a meme oh. with that. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. There's nice. a line from Lost Stars that talks about him having to do that like as an Imperial pilot and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. GG, there you yeah, go. He's on, on, he's on our team. Perfect timing with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was... Um, that was that was really cool. I love the Tie Fighters this episode, and it felt like they were really close and gonna get them. I I love the the intensity there. Yeah, yeah it felt yeah. like they were good at their job. They just didn't know how to navigate the. It's eye. just the, their tech because like that's what I love. Like every the Empire takes over a planet, and they're in their mind they're like, nope, that's an Imperial planet now, and they yeah. don't bother. They they did this in the Mandalorian too, where they like set up a base, and it's just a standard issue imperial base yeah on mm -hmm. this planet yeah. and it doesn't work because it's a lava planet but whatever and it's <laughs> the same same basic idea of the tie fighters aren't working right because we didn't bother to research how to fly in yeah. the eye 
Yeah. We just uh-huh. gave you a TIE fighter and good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, because who could possibly take us down? The TIE fighter, as with all Imperial machinery, is the pinnacle of its class. And like, right. it's uh-huh. such a... And again, it's, it's such a glorious commentary on the rise of fascism in this show and all Star Wars is like, you don't listen to the cultures you take over and that is why you fail. And it, yeah. that is all the secret to destroying them. It's the Ewoks and Jedi, man. Mm-hmm. It is like, you didn't learn simplicity. about the furry babies. It's, it's, it's and nature, right? You. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I will also say that the the VFX of all the flight in this particular episode was virtually perfect. Oh. Like that's been a, a really yeah. small complaint that I've had about some of the VFX and all of the live action shows. Sometimes the taking off looks a little odd or something We're like that. We're on the same page. Yes, yes. The snow speeder. Yeah. The snow speeder in Kenobi was so bad. It, I couldn't. Yeah. I, every time I see it, I'm like, "This sucks. I can't watch this. It's so dumb." Which is so dumb in hindsight. I mean, we're watching multiple million dollars of VFX. You're like, Dude, this UGI sucks. Like, no, no, they got I'm, it right. This episode. I am the same way. I catch myself being like, mm, "Didn't take off quite right." Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, we talk about how much we love Battlestar, and they use the oh, exact yeah. same I know. shots <laughs> time and time. Again again and then yeah, just so same true. shots no matter exact what's going shot. on they made yeah, but if, if it's bad it. every single time you can ex- you can accept it but if it's only bad <laughs> once every 10 times then it's just un- unbearable you know what i mean right. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah no they look i mean they, they did look as good as the kessel run in solo when when they one yeah. of my favorite moments in all of star wars when they just smack the tie fighter into the asteroid yeah. like oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly how it felt them flying through the eye yeah like, wow also, they're doing it i just I was just reminded of this. Uh, the whole rail ship concept is really, really cool. Like, that, I, yeah. I love that they keep inventing more and more new stuff for ships. The fact that it like took off like a roller coaster ride and took that mm-hmm. sharp turn right at the very end was mm-hmm. really cool. Like, that was really creative. I feel like to to launch with that, and they made that such a key part of the show because we saw it earlier. Because they're like, "How do you get it off the rail?" And yeah. see Cassian do that was kind of a cool follow up. Yeah. They planted like all the seeds. This this episode was the mighty tree, and they have planted <laughs> all the seeds in the first few episodes. Like every conversation meant something. Like it's 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 almost cliche to say at this point, but now I can't wait to go back and and hear all the talks. And now knowing what the mission looks like, what mattered, what didn't, what what went wrong, what went right, what contingencies did they plan for? Like, ugh, show rocks. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> it's it's so cinema. Good. I'm almost fun. upset at how good this show is. I know. Yeah. Somebody said somebody said in our Slack team today, like like something along those lines. They're upset for how good Andor is because how are we ever supposed to go back to anything else now? The bar is too high. <laughs> it's too high. It's just it's a different, different flavor of ice cream. It's fun. Yeah, that's right. All the ice, I love cream. The ice cream. Remember the, the ice, ice cream, cream guys. Good. <laughs> Forget nothing else. Remember the ice no, cream. No, I want ice cream. I don't think I have any you, ice cream. <laughs> you eat you eat too much gourmet ice cream, and you're never gonna go back to the good stuff. Or Lieutenant the, the stuff gourmet that... ice gourmet. Ice... Yes, it's not there. It's not there. <laughs> He's right, and I, I appreciate the try. <laughs> so close. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it has been just about an hour, so we will let the two of you go. But before you do, uh, just let everyone know uh, where they can find you, uh, what cool stuff you've got going on over at Utini, and all that good stuff. Yes, absolutely. Let's talk about Utini for just a second. Uh, If you've never heard of Utini, I'm Corey, by the way, Corey Helton, Dr. Corey Helton, if you will, founder. It took you so long. 
I know you have to say it. It's ridiculous. You have to. Uh, so uh, Utini has been around for a little while now. Uh, we're about five or six years old at this point. Um, we're a, kind of a books and comics community, um, but a little different than kind of everybody else out there. Our job is really more of teachers. We try to teach you guys how to read the books and stuff. So, you know, now is such a rich time to be a Star Wars fan. We have we're so mm -hmm. spoiled with all this live action TV and games. And now the books are really, really taken off. It feels like the canon novels in particular have really found their stride in the last like two years or so. And it's super, super good. If you've ever been on the fence about jumping into canon, if you have been a Legends guy or you love the X-Wing series or the, um, you know, the Thrawn trilogy, the Air of the Empire trilogy from back in the day, the stuff that you, a lot of us, including myself and Eric grew up with, right? Mm -hmm. Like canon has kind of reached that, that new era. So, you know, if you don't know where to start, there are a ton of canon books now. Um, you can find us on utini.com. And we don't, we're not just canon people either. We love everything. We have legends, we do comic Absolutely. stuff and that sort of thing. Um, you can find us on utini.com. Eric, on the other hand, is uh, one of my co-hosts, president of Utini, if you will. And Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about Living Force, our kind of headliner podcast that we do at Utini. Yeah, our flagship podcast is Living Force. We're live every Monday night on our Utini YouTube channel at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we talk a lot about the books and comics, uh, but we really talk about anything and all things that are going on in Star Wars. Um, we do a live show similar to this. It's also on all the podcast catchers and everything. Uh, you can look that up. Uh, we just have a lot of fun. We do book roundtables. We break down every book. Uh, we I always watch Alex's reviews and steal all the all the quotes and tidbits. Um, <laughs> Easter egg videos. Appreciate those, own. Alex. Keep doing <laughs> those. Right, needed resource. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, every new book we chat about. Um, we, we keep you abreast of all the news that's going on, and then if, uh, while these shows are going on, we do recap shows and all that as well. But. Mainly, if you want to look us up on our YouTube channel or check us out on any podcast catcher, Living Force, and we have a Legends show called Legends Look Back that takes all our Legends fans through all the 90s and everything like that. So anything and anything Star Wars books and shows and games and God, there's so much. But we just have a great time. I'm not loving it all. <laughs> too much. It's too yeah, much. Almost, almost. Alex Smalley, yeah. do you guys ever do that thing where you're like, man, what are we going to talk about this week? And then they release like a bazillion things and it's so easy. To, it happens to us all the time. It's so ridiculous. Uh, no, no, it's for we us. Go on it's, vacation. Yeah, <laughs> anytime we leave, anytime we go on vacation or leave for anything like not work related, they're like, "Oh, here's thirty announcements." Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, the there's news. five new films, and they're all coming out at Christmas of, of this year. Here you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, but I'm I'm really excited for for phase two of High Republic. We've I've yeah. I've started Path of Deceit. I haven't finished it yet, but um, it's ooh, it's good. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah. The High Republic yeah. has been such a... I'm not sure we've ever had... Oh, yep, there you go. Path to Sea, great place to jump in the High Republic. Yes, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, the High Republic, new yeah. book initiative, sure. books and comics. We are starting phase two of the High Republic, which goes back... Uh, it goes... Back, backwards, yeah. Almost back, back, panic back, back. there. I'm trying to get, I'm getting back, my phases back, back, mixed back. up. Going backwards about 150 years, I believe, right? So, you know, it's, it's been fun to go through the High Republic, which is 300 years before the film. So, yeah. you know, if you if you are looking to get into books, High Republic is honestly a really great place to get a completely new introduction because you really don't need any back backstory to read it. Yeah. And the last plug I'll give is at utini.com. Uh, we just talked about this on our show this week. We have a High Republic HQ where you can go, we have a whole guide to say, hey, here's all the books in order. If you want to read this book, you need to read this, this, this. If you want to read this book, we recommend you read this, this, this. But then you can read this, this, this. Because I know jumping in is hard for a lot of folks. Confusing. Yeah. Uh, Corey still doesn't know the difference between a phase and a wave. Uh, if you want to listen to our no, show this week, no, you got we it wrong every just... time. 
did every that time. on Monday and I got it wrong every single time, every time. even I, with I, notes I, in front I of me. It's my only complaint about the High Republic. <laughs> phases and waves are virtually identical and nobody can tell me otherwise. All right. Think think of phases of the moon being a lot longer than waves in the ocean. But oh. the waves cause Does that make the, sense? Uh, the moon causes the Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream moon Ice cream Molly yeah. coming in with the images. Yeah. <laughs> analogies, analogies, analogies. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But thank you guys well, thank for having you. us. This was yeah, absolutely. Awesome. We just want to talk about the best shows with our friends. This is the best. Yeah, thank this is guys. super fun. Thank you both for coming and hanging out with us. Uh, Molly and I are going to stay and answer your questions in chat. We're going to let Corey and Eric go and enjoy the rest of your evening. Go go watch the episode again uh, mm-hmm. and have absolutely. a great night. Awesome. Absolutely. Have a good Thanks night, again. Right. See you out. Bye. Awesome. Well, let's. We forgot to talk about like how I I feel like we should talk about how we do this show at the beginning of every show. The fact that we're going to take most of the super chats at the end. I pinned a comment if that helps. Oh, okay, that that does help. (laughs) But yeah, that's a good idea. I I always forget to just bring it up. If you've been waiting patiently for your super chat to be read, we usually go through them at the end unless they're very relevant or relevant to our guests who we want to get ahead of time before they leave. Uh, but let's let's dive in. First, we have uh, our our mod Rain Man. I don't want to. Uh, don't read the second part uh, of this I'm, one. No, I'm going to read it and I'm going to yell at him for it. That's allowed. <laughs> the first part is very nice. Uh, happy anniversary, Alex and Molly. Here's ten dollars for ten years happily married. Thank you so much, Rain Man. Now we yell at you. P.S. I'm Thank glad you. Nimic died. You're a monster. Wow. You're a monster. How dare you? Nimic is a treasure. Everyone loves him. You're wrong. Thank you, though. That's impressive because I I literally haven't seen anyone talk badly about Nimic. So Rain Man just wants to be a contrarian. Yeah. Rain Man wants to rain on the parade. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> that's that's what I'm that's taking it. away from this. <laughs> well, and the the next super chat from Cal Vector uh, is a it's a good. Double. <laughs> Thank you, Cal, uh, for the happy anniversary, y'all. Go home, Rain Man. You're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the rest of these are just uh, yelling at Rain Man for uh-huh. uh, his bad, bad takes. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Cal sent in another one. Thank you, Cal. I need a Nimic spinoff prequel thing. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe not a spinoff, but like, I like the idea that his manifesto is going to live on. Yeah. Like, literally. Maybe Cassian will keep reading parts of it throughout this show or something. We threw out the idea last week that they could release it as like one of those in-universe reference books like Ray's Diary or uh, Han Solo's Ooh. like the, the Tales from Vandor kind of thing. That is a good idea. I would read his manifesto. I also saw someone today. Uh, I wish I could remember who did it and I wish I saved it. Uh, someone has been making... West End game guides like the old RPG source books and they they took whatever Nimic wrote about Cassian he was like mercenaries and their purpose in the galactic fight for freedom someone someone made a, a West End games role playing source book with that title and put an image on it and I was like that's just fun I really <laughs> liked that <laughs> cute uh 
Do you want to swap off reading these? Because oh yeah, we can. I've been, Let me see. Uh, I've been just dominating them all the past. Katie, <laughs> Katie has the next super chat. Thank you, Katie. What an episode! I firmly maintain Cassian already has an ideology. He knows that he he knows what he's against. I think the manifesto will help refine what he's for, and he may contribute to it. Ooh, that's that mm. would be cool if he like turned it into a diary where he like would write little journal entries in it to kind of finish really it off. Like, I really like that idea that it starts as Nimix and then it becomes Cassian's as well. And he leaves his own legacy beyond, you know, just helping save the galaxy and destroy the death star. I think that's a great idea that he would help kind of maybe define the ideology. Of, oh, that's a nice idea too. That, that this manifesto becomes some sort of founding document for the mm -hmm. Rebel Alliance. Uh, maybe it makes its way to Mon Mothma's hands or something. Yeah, I saw a someone in chat. Anything to give Nimic more and more justice, I'm all about it. I saw someone in chat earlier say that like maybe Mon Mothma might read it or part of it, and some of it made it into one of her speeches at some point. That would be cool. Mm. Oh, if that's like in her speech about the 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 Gorman massacre eventually. That'd be really cool. I like <laughs> I like this too. Just a, a rebel suggestion box. <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> it's just full to the brim. <laughs> the angry letters. It's a that's a great idea. They need an um, Amazon review page. What <laughs> one star, two stars. Uh I, I think I agree that Cassian does have an ideology. I think it's buried. Uh, Eric brought it up. That he he tells Jin, you know, we don't always we don't all have the ah, what's now I can't remember the line. He said it perfectly. We don't all have the privilege of choosing when we get to fight for something. And he does say, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. And it does seem like he has not been recently. But I do think he has those feelings and that ideology and he's just kind of ignoring it for now but i, mm -hmm. I think we're going to see it bubble back up yeah agreed uh serenity productions thank you for the next super chat hey guys love the channel best star wars youtube channel out there thank you oh, thank i was wondering you. if the next arc may be just the fallout from this what do you think yeah i, think I that's very possible i have no idea where they're gonna go after this because like they could go anywhere they could go to something completely different they could take us straight to saw guerrera and like just t show us what he's up to because that's a character that fans are already gonna know um but i think i like i said earlier i i want to see vel meet back up with luthan i want kind of want to see what luthan's game plan is going forward obviously i want more mon mothma but I don't know if we're going to go straight into what happens next. Well, I do think the empire is going to retaliate because Partagaz straight up said that he's like, bring me everything you can about retaliation. <laughs> so I, I think that we're going to see the hammer be brought down. Oh, on, uh, what on if, Aldani. what if all the Aldani natives get taken to that prison Oh. And then help break them out. 
so I'm, I'm closing my door because I can hear myself in your microphone. Ah, oh. uh, <laughs> that's interesting. That 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 could help drive Cassian back into action. That he doesn't want to just sit there and let them all suffer because of something he did. And that could reunite Vel and Senta because if Senta's still there on the planet, she could somehow go with them in either in disguise as an Imperial or I've kind of thought all along that she might've been a native or like related to someone that lived there. I don't know, but like her being with them would give Vel a reason to then go and be like, we got to break these people out. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, no matter what, Sinta is still there. So if they were to round everyone up and imprison them, they even said, uh, something along the lines of like, you know, when we start building this airbase and we need uh, legs and arms to do all the hard work. So like they were already planning on making the people of Aldani ruin their own sacred Valley and build a new airfield. So maybe that whole prison system is there on Aldani. I don't know. Now I, Could that's be based off of a trailer. Other, I haven't watched in months <laughs> at the other base. Maybe, but it looked like it was in a city. So I think it it's on. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Maybe that's like a correctional facility and they're going to like send them there and then put them back to work on the air base. I would be excited to see Cassian on Coruscant because I, I don't know if he's going to meet Mon Mothma this season if they need to or not, but. I would like them to. <laughs> I want to see mm -hmm. their stories converge. Yeah. I don't know. So many options. There there are a lot. I, I like that idea, though, that the prison could be full of uh, Donnie people mm -hmm. and Cassian being like, nah, I got to help making that decision. That would be a good way to keep them involved instead of just being like, all right, well, the Aldani arc is over now. We can just right. ignore all their problems that they still have to deal with. I already miss Brian Cranston, the the chief leader. I, I, that was not Brian Cranston, but he looked just like him. <laughs> he did. He also looked like someone else that I can't think of their name. Is it the guy in succession? The old guy? Oh, Brian Cox. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's who I thought of too. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, Geo Flores has the next one. Hey guys, first happy anniversary. Thank you. Uh, also, is it next season only that we are going to get a time jump or is the next arc a time jump at all? Loving it. Yeah, same same thing. We don't really know when and where we're going to get the time jumps. We know there's going to be a few. Well, the, season two is going to be full of them. We know that. Also, I just wanted to uh, quick say... Hey, to Star Wars Spelt Out, and thank you as well. Uh, I, I think season two is going to be, you know, three episodes time jump. Three episodes time jump. I was surprised that there wasn't a time jump between episodes three and four, that it just kind of went straight to the next bit. I think there's definitely room for a time jump in between episodes six and seven. Just the way that Cassian has gone off to do whatever like mm -hmm. I, I have no idea what's going to happen next and i like yeah. that 
Yeah, I, I like not really knowing what's coming next. Um, I, I'm going to guess that it won't be a significant time jump, though. It, it, no matter what, it's going to stay within this year of 5 BBY. We know that. So I, I'm going to assume that at most we could get like a month or two time jump, but it won't be a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, one res electronic music. Thank you for the next super chat. Very generous one too. Thank you. Uh, my stomach is still in knots. Fantastic episode. Uh, also, I am so glad that I found your channel. Some of the best Star Wars content out there. Thank you. Oh, that was just Thanks. nice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I, I'll say that I, I feel like Andor has stretched my YouTuber muscles quite a bit. Uh, Eckerd Slatter has a, a good video he did, I think, last week about how Andor is like the anti YouTuber show, and he means that in a good way like it's a positive video that kind of like, like She Hulk, what She Hulk is doing right now. <laughs> no, I he, he more, <laughs> I see what you're saying, but no, he means more that uh, you, you don't walk out of this episode the way you do from like watching The Mandalorian. I instantly have four things I can't explain. And this, oh, yeah. I'm like, I, I watch the episode and I'm like, I'll do a review video. And then I'm like, what, what should I talk about? And you have to really <laughs> dig into the themes and characters and the motivations instead of just being like, that's Black Kersantan and he's from this comic and blah, blah, blah. Like those videos are fun to make too, but uh, I, I feel like I'm really having to challenge myself with Andor and I like that. I mean everything I think of is like related to to real things like how would a real heist go? What <laughs> like how does this compare to real heists in history or re real rebellions in history? Like what is this like That's a fun idea. I I remember someone I'd have to look it up. Someone pointed out that this heist had similarities to like a Polish heist during World War II. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that that's a fun thing to explore. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're not self-proclaimed history buffs, but oh, not I mean, we can do we can do some research. <laughs> <laughs> I know way more about Star Wars history than real history, and that's a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we've got a super chat from Eleanor. Thank you, Ellie. Uh, haven't been able to watch the episode, so I'm not viewing the live stream, but this is my coin <laughs> into a wishing well and the hope for Nimic's survival. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I hope uh, Ellie comes back and watches this later. And we, we mourned Nimic sufficiently, I think. Yeah. I'm still not over it. <laughs> oh, poor baby boy. He had the best hats out of anyone. <laughs> he we did. can say that. His hat game was on point, nonstop. Uh, Justin Carter, thank you for the next super chat. My dark little heart was hoping the kid would get loose and they would shoot him by accident. Oh my God, adding another layer of gray to the rebellion. Oh. Like one of the other members of their team would shoot him by accident? Um, or maybe? I mean, like. Get loose. The, the one that they held hostage. Oh, oh, okay. L Leonard, I think his name was. What a terrible name. <laughs> Which I looked him up. He was in House of Dragon, but
but he wasn't. I, I thought he was Aemon Targaryen, but he was uh, that little boy that like got in a sword fight with some adult <laughs> and won. <laughs> Do you remember that? It was like an episode oh, two or three, and he won. Yeah. So someone know. like said something crappy about his family, and he pulled his sword out, even though he's eight. And then like this oh, yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. year old was like, okay. And then the little kid beat him. <laughs> um, that's, that's when you, when you F around and find out, you know, the, mm -hmm. the chart, that's, that's what happens. <laughs> I, but yeah, the whole idea of the rebels, like we're taking a child hostage and they were holding a blaster to his head. Like that. I don't is think not... they were expecting a child to be there but they were like well we've we've gone this far i mean even if they weren't they were constant like skeen had his blaster to the kid's head uh cinta was nudging the kid with her blaster and it was like this is uh not mon mothma's rebellion i guess as <laughs> i i would put it is like that's not how heroes conduct themselves and so i like the the exploration of uh how the rebellion grew and i think they're going to continue doing that with like how far is too far and mm -hmm. i don't know if they're going to keep it ambiguous whether or not Sinta left them all alive or not i don't know mm. but but yeah like i saw saw would be proud and that's not something you should aspire to <laughs> <laughs> true uh, going back to Nimic real quick with the, the next super chat from Alex Ward. Nimic is an anarchist icon. A well-written, honest manifesto can change lives. Ask Karl Marx or Alexander Berkman. Okay, enough politics. Sorry, love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All true. I mean, like I said before, there's so many ways you can connect this to real history, which is always fun to do. And, you know, it People can say what they want about real history rebellions, but we know where this rebellion is headed in Star Wars, and like, it's all it's all pretty clear who the good and bad guys are. Yeah, I mean, I just had a complete brain fart. Uh, <laughs> complete brain fart. Complete brain fart. Do you want to? I've blue screened. Hold on. I'm trying to pull my head back out of my own ass, and I can't. Uh, Mimic and anarchist manifesto. Karl Marx, Alexander Berkman. Oh, it's almost there. Politics. Let, let's move on, and I'll it'll come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Like I had a, uh, I had a complete thought, and it leapt out of my head. Well, our our good friend Ken Plume sent a super chat. Thank you, Ken. Can we talk about the symbolism of how the cash to pay for the rebellion is what killed the purely idealistic Nimic? Yeah, I brought that up a while ago that like the greed of like getting as much of the credits into the ship as they possibly could may have led to his death because like they had them all kind of neatly stacked up except for that one last crate that was still out and that's what smashed him yeah that i i i felt like this mission was below nimic i mean it's important the rebellion needs funding F fighting fascism needs money uh 
but it just felt like such a waste to lose Nimic here and now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that sucked. <laughs> it sucked to lose him. Indeed. I, I, my thought came back. Okay. For uh, Alex Ward saying, well, first of all, uh, don't apologize for saying enough politics or anything like that because this show is very political. And I was just going to point out, like, I, I'm surprised at how very anti-corporate the show has been. Uh, <laughs> like, constantly. Yes. I like it, but all of the the stuff with the corporate sector, uh, the, the Primor Corporation, all that, but getting into the idea of tech nowadays and how y- you become reliant on like one Nimic says the empire's tech, but in real life we have Apple tech and Android tech and Google, like all of these different corporations and they all want you stuck using their stuff. And mm-hmm. if it breaks, they need to be the ones to fix it. And all of that stuff. That's why I was like really, uh, into this thing and the fact that that saved them and the empire's technology couldn't, but yeah, like he, he's right that that stuff offers uh, a degree of freedom. Older tech is harder to use, but it, it has benefits. It also made me think of, uh, so what's, what's the guy that had the heart attack, the Imperial character's name. Oh, uh, I don't know. I called him Commandant Butthead earlier, but I, it's like J-Hard or something. He's, he's not a butthead. That's what our viewers are called. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It was just stuck uh, in my head. Anyways, that guy, his whole monologue about what they were doing to the Aldani people, like giving giving them this mm-hmm. false hope and like giving them the idea that they're getting what they want and flooding them with too many options so that they don't realize that what we've given them is nothing that they've asked for. I was like, oh my God, that is big corporation thought like to a T. And it's also, yep. it's like, it reminded me of like going to a fast food restaurant and you're just like overwhelmed with options and you're like, none of this is good for me, but now I don't know what I want. And the idea, like there was so much uh, talk about comfort in this episode and like we, we've set up comfort centers where we pump them full of cheap drinks and we, we weed them out that way. We offer a little bit of comfort to take away a lot of freedom and how comfort can be someone's downfall, how Skeen ultimately just wants to be comfortable. He just wants $40 million. So he doesn't have to, he can afford to not care anymore. Uh, and he can live comfortably mm-hmm. like that. That's what I took out of this episode was all of the, the ways that people want to be comfortable, uh, how they weaponize comfortability and ease and how the drive to be comfortable all the time, like Perrin, why can't everything, or why does everything always have to be sad and boring? Like how that can be someone's downfall. I thought yes. it was really interesting. And then, and then seeing in the real world, how people, corporations will offer this will make your life a little easier and we're, we're going to take a little bit from you every time things get easier and easier mm-hmm. there that's what i wanted to say <laughs> that was the brain fart i had 
Okay, you ready to move on? Uh huh. <laughs> we got like an hour's worth of super chats to go over. <laughs> Do you want to read the next oh, one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joel Davis has the next two. Thank you, Joel. Uh, to go back to cringe and pulp, it's fascinating to think that while Andor is happening, the Rebels storyline is happening at the same time. Uh, I mean, yeah, and, and that's kind of what we were talking about, how, you know, Star Wars, every little storyline has different flavors, uh, a, a different Ice recipe. Cream. Yeah. Everything is slightly different. It's all still Star Wars. It all still fits. Uh, but yeah, like Rebels is telling a very similar story of how the rebellion began, but aimed at a younger audience. Mm hmm. I really like my ice cream metaphor and I feel like I need to visualize that in like a video or something or okay. an image. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. Well, you can, we can get a bunch of different ice creams and you can white out their names and put Andor and the Mandalorian on them. Mm -hmm. Mint chocolate Probably. chip for uh, the Mandalorian because mm. green. <laughs> And Joel's second super chat. Thank you, Joel. Uh, I think things like Andor are harder to make. Uh, I mean, I think logistically, yes, for sure. Like they're filming everything on location. That's going to make production a little bit harder. Uh, I don't know if there was like more explanation behind the statement than that, but it does take um, a little bit more thought. Like, I think more thought went into the writing of this show than some of the other, oops, some of the other Star Wars shows. I think so, too. I think they went into this with something very specific they wanted to say. Uh, I, I definitely, I, I think that Andor had a long production. Like you said, it was uh, on location and stuff. But I also think that they if I'm remembering correctly, I believe they had that option when some other productions did not. Uh, I, I don't think Obi-Wan had that luxury. They were filming, I think, more during the height of COVID, and so they kept everything to the volume. Mm -hmm. So had things been different, they probably would have had a, a very different production that would have been more difficult as well. Yeah. I'm going to run to the restroom. Okay. <laughs> I'll BRB. All right. Have fun. Have fun without me. <laughs> Not too much fun, though. Uh, Crash Punk, thank you for the next super chat. I'll just solo myself there. Thanks for the next super chat. That episode was intense. Loved every second of it. What other characters would you love to see in this mature live action style of Andor? You know, I'd want to I'd want to just go. No, oh, I should try to find this in the chat. Um, I'd want to go really weird. Like, let, let's let get Hondo Onaka, someone that you wouldn't think of as fitting into this universe, and, and see if we can make it work. Like, Hondo and Cassian interacting, uh, I think that would be incredibly fun. I don't think they're going to go that route, but who knows? Why not? Let's give it a shot. Um, for a more serious answer, uh, 
I think I'd like to see Dr. Afra in something like this. It would be a little more pulpy. It should be because Dr. Afra is off the rails insane sometimes, but you also have characters like triple zero and BT one that I think would need a, uh, an older skewed audience. And also I just love Dr. Afra. So I, I will throw that option out. Uh, Strygon Kid has the next one. Thank you, Strygon. Great up today. Maybe the stolen creds will get the Rebels some shiny new X-Wings. Always wanted to see how the Rebels got them. Maybe in a future arc. I think right now we're going to be more focused on just Cassian's story. Uh, down the line, I do think it's possible that we will see... There we go. I do think it's possible we will see more of how the Rebel Alliance itself was formed. I, I get the sense that season one is more about Cassian and how he came to join the Rebellion. And still, they've they've been pitching this show as like how someone becomes a revolutionary. So I think that is what they're going for. Excuse me. The whole show will probably be, be very Cassian-based. But... Getting X-Wings would be a really fun... You know I would be down for that storyline. I'd love to see them steal some X-Wings, buy some X-Wings, whatever they did. And, and yeah, maybe we will see Luthen do a lot with 80 million credits and, and really fund uh, the war effort. I think that's possible. Uh, 10N. Thank you. I'm oh, back. hi, Molly. Hi. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Uh, 10N, thank you for the next super chat. Uh, Shady Skeen schemed slyly. That's just some fun alliteration. <laughs> is, that a, is that a haiku? Shady Skeen, Skeen, no. <laughs> I, I knew it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, so I had to count the syllables. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm scrolling to catch up. Gotcha. Ash Deasy has the next one. Thank you, Ash. Uh, by Rogue One, the Mon Cala are already with the Alliance. Could Mon Mothma's special contact be their entry into the Alliance, Akbar or Radis? Oh, yeah. The person that she was like, I think I found someone to help. Oh, yeah, if it was Radis, that'd be so cool. <laughs> I'd love for it to be Radis. Because um, the, the Mon Calamari aren't fully into the Rebellion until uh the star wars comics after a new hope when they the rebels kind of have to help liberate them and then they join like akbar radis there are a couple people a couple ships in the fleet but then they liberate moncala as much as they can and they get a lot of ships mm -hmm. so I, I i do think that it's possible we could see akbar or radis because they, they were both part of the rebel alliance early on and yeah, seeing Radis, I think probably more likely in season two would be awesome. Mm -hmm. um, scrolling some more. I don't see their second one. Oh, it's from a different timestamp. Hold on. Stand <laughs> by. Ash DZ has the it. next one. So, okay. Could Canari have been destroyed slash rendered inhospitable by a super laser test? 
it would make Cassian's involvement in finding the plans in Rogue One deeper. Oh. It, uh, it's possible. I, I don't think, I mean, Cassian didn't really do or say anything like he was that worried about the tech itself and like how they, how it came to be. If that makes sense. I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's possible because we know that they were trying to figure out the super laser for a long time, but I don't know. I I agree. I don't get the sense that he had like this personal connection to like finding and stopping the planet killer other than it's bad for the galaxy and we need to stop it. Oh yeah. I mean, he, he has reason to be mad at the empire for, for many, many things. And like, just the more the empire goes to these colonies and destroys them for mining or otherwise, like, it's happened to him his whole entire life and he's traveled the entire, not the entire galaxy, but he's traveled a lot and seen the same things happen to multiple planets probably at this point and will continue to do so. So he's just sick of it. Yeah. I, I think it works perfectly fine if Canary was just destroyed in a mining accident, whatever that actually means that he, he has seen the empire. Yeah. Do the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. uh, Batman is my dad has the next two super chats do you think this payout will be the financial bedrock of the of the rebel alliance I hope so I mean I hope they, they got so much money out of this and they lost so many that like I hope this goes to straight to the cause because like yeah like you mentioned Mon Mothma having a harder time Moving funds around, this this would make sense. Uh, this is dumb, but I'm going to look and see if I can find out <laughs> how many X-Wings 80 million credits would buy. I think it's a lot. Uh, because what Cassian is offered... It enough? Is it just enough for Red Squadron? Uh, let's see... Or not Red Squadron, Blue, Blue a, Squadron, I guess. A, a new X-Wing is 150,000 credits. Uh, so that would get them 500 X-Wings. Uh, used, they're 65,000, so that's even more. Um, oh, those were all definitely used. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I don't think that's going to actually matter, but I just thought it was funny. I mean, I think that's a significant chunk. And like I said, I'm, I'm curious to know what Luthen does with the money. If he goes to Mon Mothma and he's like, hey, good news, I have a lot of money and you don't have to worry anymore. Or if he, like, abandons her and is like, I'm going to Saw Gerrera and I'll give him all my money. Like, I don't know. I, I think that this is going to be a good start, but for some reason I don't... It, it feels like Han Solo getting a lot of money and that it's going to be squandered somehow. It'll be lost. I, I just don't feel like the Rebels get this big of a win so fast. What if the money eventually goes towards Yavin 4? I don't think they would like what? To, like to buy the temple? No, just like building a base there and giving people the yeah. resources. Like you have to pay people wages. 
to do this full time. I don't know that it's 80 million credits worth. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I hope that it helps the, the rebels out. But like Luthen is still such a mystery that I just don't I mean, trust him. They have to buy Y-Wings yeah. too, even though they're trash. <laughs> it's true. Y-Wings <laughs> are cheap. They stole those in Rebels. <laughs> they they didn't even pay for them. They they need to buy droids. They need to have travel expense accounts. I don't know. There's a lot of money going into rebellions that, you know, it, we're not an accountant, so we we wouldn't. We wouldn't know. I, I like the idea that they they Airbnb'd the secret rebel base. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> the next one. This next one. Uh, the next super chat from also from Batman is my dad, Alex. I like how you said you thought the religious al altar on Aldani was the portal to the world between worlds in your review. Hi, Malarius. I did not say that. I would never say that. I, but but I did bring up the world between worlds like two episodes ago on my own for some stupid reason. On his uh, own accord, <laughs> folks. So I brought this uh, on myself. If you don't get the inside joke, when did that start? Was that? Uh, how, how many shows ago was that? I don't know. It's probably years ago at this point, because like I love the world between worlds as a concept, but I think I, I went on some rant about how it, it's not time travel. It can't be used to change history, blah, blah, blah. And then people started to. It, it to finds its way into. It. Yeah. It finds its way into these live shows that we do to recap episodes, mm -hmm. which is great. We love it. <laughs> we also love our friend, Andy Blanchard. Love you, Andy. Andy actually texted me about Dr. Quadpa as well. Uh, just wanted to welcome Dr. Quadpa into the Four-Armed Boy Quad Squad. Great name. I love that. Also, happy 10th anniversary. Thank you, Andy. Oh, thanks. Uh, the Quad Squad is an excellent name. And <laughs> Andy, I think you need to uh, collect every member. Like, like, that should be... I collect every piece of Biggs merch. You need every merch piece of merch for General Grievous, Dexter Jetster, Dr. Quadpa, uh who else who else has four arms uh, uh gascano uh <laughs> oh what's the guy on the wait who am i thinking of isn't there someone on the jedi council that has four arms uh probably you're like one of the really fight, actually yeah that's who I was thinking of. Like one I of the really old ones. I think your old poof does. Oh, Rio Durant. There's there's lots of possibilities, but yeah, basically, get get all the quad squad. I think that's a great idea. Uh, Pong Krell, that's a good one, General Revis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Matty Gunner, thank you for the next super chat. Uh, they would have moved more money if Cassian brought B2 with him, just saying. Happy anniversary. Love you guys. Thank you, Maddie. And yeah, they they showed in the third episode that like B2 just pulls heavy stuff around. Yeah, B2 is a power bottom for sure. And he can <laughs> he can lift a lot of weight. He sure can. <laughs> is that what not what that means? I don't know. <laughs> I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> On that note, I'm going to go to the <laughs> now. So that's what you get. 
Okay. Think about what you did. Thank you. I'm here all night, guys. Except I'm not. I'm here until we finish <laughs> reading these super chats. He's a what? Uh, John Barnett has the next super chat here. I don't see a message, but if you have one, send it over to our mods and I'll read it out loud. But thank you so much for your generous super chat. Um, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> Richard Rendon, thanks for this super chat. What kind of relationship does Vel and Cinta have? Um, a lovely one, a well-deserved one. Uh, I don't know much about both of their backstories, but I'm excited to see more. And I hope that they can reunite at some point soon. But yeah, they had a nice, a, a very nice moment in this episode. I was hoping for a little smooch, but you know, there's no time, I guess. Whatever, they had time to smooch. Um, oh, and Richard had another one. Let me scroll down here. Two, seven, 33. Do you both think that the episode showed the ignorance of the Aldani people displayed superstition? Uh, I'll wait till Alex gets back for us to discuss that one. Um, let me scroll back up. Uh, this one's from Al. Thank you, Al. Uh, Nimic saying, surprise from above is never as shocking as one from below. And then his last words to Cassian being climb, BRB gonna go cry. Ugh. Yeah. It's ugh. so rough. And like, there were so many things that were said in this episode from the very beginning, like Nimic's conversation with Cassian seemed to be so telling to like what in what his end was going to be like the whole stuff about like you can sleep when this is all over and like oh. now he's like forever sleeping <laughs> we saw all those signs as yeah we, we did earlier he, he said a bunch of stuff like that so many like, so many stop. times where cassian was like you'll be fine he's like i'll be fine blah 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 Ugh. You're not supposed to say that. So you can't say I'll be back in a horror movie. You can't say or in a heist. I'll, or I'll be fine in a show like this. Yeah, I'm right behind you. Like, ugh, what are you doing, man? Uh, I skipped over one because it was directed at both of us. Let me go back okay. to it. Uh, from who? This one. Okay. Do you both think uh, that the episode showed the ignorance of the Aldani people displayed superstition? No, I didn't get that vibe at all. No. If anything, it showed the ignorance of the Imperials. Yeah, like when they were kind of talking to each other 
and the head of the Aldani said something and then they translated it to be something else. Like he knew that that was the wrong thing. I think he yeah, knows he looked, he was like, a bit of basic <laughs> and like they He's did like, that. I know little, that's not what I said. They did that little exchange, which I loved that he th threw that into the fire because the way that the Imperials were talking about it beforehand, they were like, Ugh, yeah, we do this little pelt exchange and it's really stupid and it stinks, but you know, whatever it's just for looks and it keeps them in line and it's like no they obviously know that you guys are bad news no matter what like they don't care about your pelts that they're that you're giving them no it was all i i, I didn't get the sense that they were ignorant at all but i i much more got the sense that the empire uh didn't know what they were doing on this planet they could have researched it they could have done more than just be like the eye sure looks neat let's go watch it and instead th they didn't adapt at all and it was their downfall so i much more saw the ignorance of the imperials than the eldani i mean i didn't i don't think they displayed superstition either they were performing a ritual that's important to them part of their culture mm -hmm. the eye of eldani means something to them it doesn't mean anything to the Imperials outside of looking neat. Yeah. And the fact that, like Gorn said, like the Aldani people believe that this never stops. It's just, yeah, we get to see it. We get to witness it every so often. And, and that's uh, kind of a gift of our faith. And that shows that the Imperials are just like, they just show up, they do what they're told. They're like, oh, is it starting yet? Oh, great, is it over yet? Like, they're just waiting for their next instructions. Terramin had a line, too, of, like, remember we're dressed as Imperials, and the Aldani people hate Imperials, and the people who are here especially have made a life of it. So, yeah, I don't think they were ignorant to anything the Empire was doing. Nope. The end. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Biederman has the next two Super Chats. Thank you, Andrew. The trailer shot of the Star Destroyer flying over seems to be on Aldani. Maybe that's part of the retaliation against the planet and its people. I think that's likely. It's a mm -hmm. shot of Cinta looking up. And I think Cinta's the only one in that shot and she to, sees a Star Destroyer. I need to go back through and watch this, these trailers now because they're... I don't remember any of this stuff specifically, but I, I'm specifically not going back and watching them now no. because well, I, I, I want to be you, surprised. Aren't you a good person? You can do whatever you want. You can watch all the trailers whenever you want to watch them. I will. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> uh, but that would go kind of in line with what I was saying. Like they might go and just arrest all of them and take mm -hmm. them to some prison camp, which would be awful. They definitely have plans to use them as forced labor or forced labor. Like they're putting them in those, I forget what they called them. Centers, not, not the comfort centers of this episode, in episode four, they talked about how they set up housing and gave them jobs and stuff, but that could just be 
Like, we're going to make you uh, destroy your own sacred valley and build an airfield there. Mm -hmm. uh, Andrew's next super chat says, and that's maybe why the focus on the tribes people. So we feel more when they get torched in the retaliation. Also, oh, happy God. anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't think they're getting torched. Uh, Linux Poodle called them prisoners with jobs. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. This is still a Disney Plus show, so yeah. I don't see entire villages being torched. I mean, they did kind of do that at the beginning of Force Awakens, but they didn't show specifically, like, people on fire. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think they'd go that far, but I, I do think there's going to be some retaliation against the Aldani, yes. And, and I think they're going to do the same thing with Ferrix. I mean, we already saw it start. And again, just remembering from trailers, there are like riots and stuff on Ferrix that we haven't seen yet. So I think there's still a lot more to cover. Uh, Garth McMurray has the next two Super Chats. Thank you, Garth. Why do you think they shied away from showing Vel and Cinta being romantic and maybe kissing? I did. <laughs> I think I said in our reaction, oh. I was like, now kiss. But mm -hmm. could we see them reunited reunited, and see more of their relationship? Please. They, they, they continue to do, like, Disney is surprising me, which and the bar is set so low. Uh, but just the little subtle bits in episode five where I was like, oh, they, they are in a relationship, clearly. And then in this episode, they were like holding hands. And I'm like, yeah, they are very clearly in a relationship. So I don't know. I, they, they I'm not they gave holding them... my breath for Disney to do that. but Right. They gave them such a perfect moment in this episode to kiss. And it was almost like some Disney exec came along and said, there's no time. You can't do that. It goes, <laughs> go, go, go. Like, ugh. It's frustrating. But yeah, but I, they, I, I, I hope that they can reunite. It's possible that they are building it up to have them reunite and, and have a very heartfelt reunion. Um, again, not really expecting it from Disney, but I wasn't expecting anything at all uh and, yeah. and who knows we've been burned in the past too many times <laughs> with that stuff so yeah but i do really like their even that little moment that they gave i i liked that mm -hmm. uh this is something that we kind of talked about earlier another super chat from garth could Nimic's manifesto get copied and passed out among the rebels, inspiring more to join the rebellion? How important could it turn out to be? Yeah, I think that's plausible. Yeah, I, I think that that would be a great idea even. And part of that is just like Nimic is becoming my new ride or die. So I, I want him to have like a significant impact on the rebel alliance as a whole. I think that would be great. Even if that doesn't happen, he impacted Cassie and Andor, which leads to Scarif, which leads to the Battle of Yavin. So he has already saved the galaxy in my eyes, but if he does even more, that would be awesome. Yeah. Agreed. Ben Verbeck, thank you for the next super chat. Uh, wanted to circle back to Climb. 
those that climb out of greed versus trust and selflessness and overall success missing Nimic already. Yeah. This has been a whole episode where we just pour one out for Nimic. <laughs> Constantly. But I, I did like all the talk of climbing out of the eye Skeens talking about, you know, you have the only way to get out of the hole is to climb over others. Uh, and he says something like, oh, don't take the high road with me. When Cassian starts to talk back to high Skeen, mind, high mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's but yeah like, same, same thing. There are there are multiple ways to climb, I guess. And one way is to do it together like Nimic did, you know, like he used his skills to save everyone and Skeen wants to just save himself. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of kind of leads us into this next one. Uh, Emma, thank you for the super chat. Just finished the episode and I'm so frustrated with this ending. Nimic didn't even die valiantly. Mm, that could be argued. And I do not understand what happened with Skeen. So yeah, there were... Alex, you seem to say that you were expecting his turn. And I it came out of nowhere for me. Oh, uh, I, I was not expecting his turn. But when he did turn, I was expecting Cassian to shoot him. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's what I... Like, the second he was like, hey, we could just take all this money and go. I was like, oh, well, he's dead. Mm. Um... I agree that Nimic did not, you know, die heroically. And, and I like the way that this show is not. I think he did. <sighs> he, he did and he did. Not like, in the I, classic I, sense, obviously. I'm bummed at how it happened. Like the, the cause for his death was just like, oh, man, you were in the ship. You were going to get out and then he got crushed and that sucks. He, um, his, his hero journey was doing the work, doing the research, doing the models. He was the one to get them out of there. He had that little yeah. machine. He was like giving them instructions on where to go. They wouldn't have made it out of there without him. And yes. Cassian would not have been inspired to go on like he does and become the person who he is in rogue one without him. Yes, agreed. That the 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 act itself, the just being crushed, it, yeah, it doesn't feel uh, heroic or or valiant or whatever. But then they pulled him out of there. He did his job. He got everyone to safety. And then, I mean, we didn't see his final moments, but the one of the last things he did was insist that Vel give his manifesto to Cassian, which like we've been saying, saves the galaxy. Mm -hmm. So he he does die valiantly, even if it wasn't a more like, I don't know, big feeling death. He is the he's going to be the ultimate like unspoken hero of this show, I think. Mm -hmm. Not the ultimate, but like one of the ultimates. Also, real quick. I can't believe we forgot Cormanda has four arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our favorite. Can't can't leave her out. <laughs> but yeah. 
Uh, Andy Fing has the next super chat. Thank you, Andy. What I thought was weird about the heist was they were mostly using E11s, which have a stun function, right? So why didn't they just stun the hostages? Because uh, they were leverage against what's his face, Commandant yeah. J J Hard J Bard something like that. J Hard. I don't know. I don't know. His name. It was something Commandant. Like that. We can just call him that. The Commandant. Uh, oh yeah, Grease is another four-armed character. That's now we're getting <laughs> sidetracked. Um, I yeah, I wonder I, I, if this is also another Tony Gilroy choice. He's like stun. What is I? What <laughs> even is that? No, the stakes are way higher. Get that, get that out of here. <laughs> Jay Hold, thank you, everyone. Uh, yeah, I think that they were trying to show them being really aggressive and like it was supposed to be scary, intense. Be aggressive. Be be aggressive. It is like we we see in Star Wars Rebels and in the Bad Batch, like they use the stun setting all the time because it's a show written for a younger audience, and they have said that. Andor is written for an older audience, so I think they're going to treat everything uh, more violently, potentially. I think they yeah. have been so far. Although it, mm, we keep talking about whether or not Senta killed all those, like the mother and the kid. Maybe she just stun stunned him. Maybe it was, and, and, and maybe like that's what I'm. I wonder if they're just going to keep that ambiguous forever. And, and let fans debate. That is the feeling I got of her walking out of that. It looked like she was crying, and I was like, oh, shit, did she? That would be like a whole family gone because yeah. of this one thing. That's like, I don't want to think she did it, but I don't know. I think they might leave it as open to interpretation. Yeah. I, I feel like the wife and the kid didn't deserve it. The wife seemed like she was like, well, you got fat. Well, I'd like to see you cooperate with blah, blah, blah. I, our kid has a fever. Like, we should look into that. Like, she said, do what they want. Cooperate. I'm really just on the, the kid is the only one I was super concerned for. I don't want him to lose, like, his entire family. But sure. to me, like, a child is innocent the wife of an imperial commandant, like, she knows what the deal is. Yeah. She knows what they're doing. Kind of goes into this super chat as well from Justin Carter. We really watched Star Wars Heroes put the steel on a child. Also, do you believe the dark side is inherently evil or just when it's mixed with Sith? Well, that could be its own episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, totally agreed with what you said. We've been talking about it. Uh, the dark side, I think, is a pathway to evil. Like, ang okay, fear, anger, aggression, like, all of those are normal feelings to have. They don't mean you're evil. So, no, I, I don't think that dark side emotions are inherently evil, but if you start to use those emotions and let them control you, then you're getting into dicey territory. It's like, uh, is it Test of Courage? What was the first Young Reader book? Yeah, Test of Courage. Yeah, Test of Courage, I think, does this really, really well, where one of the characters, one of the Jedi in training, I, I think he's a knight Emory, or yeah. young, young He's a Padawan or, at that point. Padawan, one of those. Uh, 
he taps into these emotions like anger and aggression and kind of gives into them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then they show him come back and realize like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And like the other Jedi are like, it's okay. We learn from these mistakes. We can come back from them. You're not completely lost if you end up, you know, giving into the dark side at times, like you mm -hmm. can come back from it. And so that's part of the, I mean, that's a whole nother show too, but it's part of the reason why I love the High Republic because they're showing these very valuable lessons of, yeah, you can have these emotions, just know when to reel it back. It's more about letting those con those emotions control you and control your actions and and let that happen for a long, long time. I mean, that that's the story of Anakin Skywalker being afraid of losing what he loves and doing anything to stop that from happening. And that leads him down the dark side and then he just stays there. But you you don't have to stay in the dark side. One bad day doesn't mean you're evil. Mm -hmm. Fear, anger, like all of those are normal emotions. We all have bad days. <laughs> we all go, go on Twitter rants sometimes, you know, <laughs> happens. Uh, howdy, it's David has the next one. Thank you, Howdy. I think Cassian, back to Ferrix and Marva and his friends rising up, as she says in the trailer, as much as the manifesto push him into being a rebel. I really want to go back to Ferrix. Me too. I miss it already. We we, we just got a little taste of it for one yeah. week. And then and we got, well, we got another little taste just seeing the Empire like settling in there with them turning that one building into like that guy's headquarters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was last episode. Yeah. That was like such a quick scene, but you kind of, it was, it was there for a very specific reason to just show you that like the empire's there, they're settling in. Things are getting worse on Ferrix. And so when, when we see Cassian go back there, it's, it might look completely different. Yeah. I think that's possible. But yeah, I think this whole season is going to be about Cassian becoming a rebel. I think season two is going to be more like Cassian is a rebel and here are those adventures he went on. Mm -hmm. uh, real quick, uh, Shado Sith says, that's not what Yoda said. He said, once you start down the dark path forever, forever will it dominate your destiny? So was Yoda wrong? Uh, I got news for you. Yoda was wrong a lot of the time he was old and senile <laughs> <laughs> i say it all the time he he was wrong about things he was wrong when he told luke to kill vader uh he was wrong in the clone wars and he admits as much uh i think that what he means in that moment though is that the more you let fear and anger control you the easier it becomes you just continue to give into it more and more and you have to consciously pull yourself back from it uh that that's how i interpret it is yeah, that it's like it's like cheating on tests once you cheat on a test one time you're like oh i should do this more often <laughs> and then you eventually get caught that happened to you no you never got caught <laughs> i'm not gonna tell i'll never tell <laughs> i dropped out of school don't listen to me <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Sith Rodriguez, thank you for the next super chat. The line from Vel, one path, one choice, reminded me of the path in the Obi-Wan show. There's a lot of paths going on in Star Wars recently. She had a lot of great one-liners. Like, to, just to various people in this episode. One path, one choice. I, I liked... I feel like this episode did a lot to pull me onto her side a little bit more. Just she's another mysterious character kind of tied up with Luthen, but watching her debate <laughs> and like steal herself to jump over the fence and actually yeah. start the mission. I was like, I really liked that scene. She was like, she's been kind of so hard this whole time. Like her shell is so hard. And then you see it soften a little bit when she's trying to get people at, at the camp in the previous episodes to just get along. And then, yeah, in this one, it was, it was cool to see her hesitate a few times. Like she was like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like she went from being this hard character to someone who you actually can relate to. Cause you're like, Ooh, I get that hesitation in a moment yeah. like this. I mean, it's weirdly what we've been talking about, like fear and whether or not you give into it or not. And and Cassian talked about it the last episode. He was like, I understand being scared, but don't use me as an excuse to not do this. Uh, and, and that's kind of like she has that little moment of like, yep, I'm afraid. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Admit you're afraid and talk about it and like use that to learn and figure out what to do about it fear is the mind killer now we're going into dune which is still related mm. to star wars let the spice flow or something <laughs> let the pumpkin spice flow the, oh no surely that joke has been made before <laughs> yay <laughs> i need a direct line of pumpkin spice in one of my nostrils uh, at all time you're wearing one of those <laughs> i forget what they're called wetsuits but it's just full of it's pumpkin spice coffee. PSL. Mm -hmm. That's gross. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Ken Plume has the next super chat. Thanks, Ken, for the World Between Worlds fund. I should start keeping track. What are we going to do with that just, fund? I don't know. Maybe we'll do a whole episode talking about the World Between Worlds. Whenever it uh, comes I, back, we should do I that. I did that. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, but we did that. Uh, in You're Star right, Wars Rebel Season 4. Because I was so excited about it. I thought it was awesome. I still do. I still think it's awesome. <laughs> uh, Ice has the next super chat here. Thank you, Ice. Really great episode. Heist was awesome. I have a lot of thoughts. Also, a very happy 10-year anniversary to you guys. You're both awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Ice. We obviously have a lot of thoughts, too, because we've <laughs> yeah. gone over two hours now. All, all good topics. This episode was insane. Emotions ran high. Uh, and Ice has the next super chat as well. Thanks, Ice. Well, Alex, you wanted us to feel uncomfortable rooting for the heroes in the series, and you got what you wanted. <laughs> Taking the kid hostage was dark. I did say that. Uh, I think I specifically said Saw Guerrera, and now I'm now I'm really worried that I'm going to get what I want because if this is what like this Rebel Cell is doing. If we get to Saw Gerrera and it's like, now we have to up the ante, uh, he could be doing some terrible stuff. Mm. But you, you are absolutely right. I did say that. 
So good job, Andor. I <laughs> careful what I wish for is what I yep. can say. Uh, Ice has another super chat here. I think the implication is that Cinta executed the hostages after. They set up that she was out for blood. The Empire killed her family and she responded in kind. I hope they address it definitely. Yeah, I brought up earlier that they did say that stormtroopers killed her, like slaughtered her family. Mm -hmm. So she, we saw from that very first standoff, she was the one to come in and shoot that one the the engineer guy that had his gun pointed yeah, yeah. at Nimic. She was the one to come in and do that. So she is not afraid to open fire on these people. So it's very possible that she killed them. I'm I'm kind of hopeful that they leave it ambiguous. Uh I, I cause I don't really want it to be true. Um it would be hard to root for her after knowing that she killed a child yeah yep and, so, and you yeah, know i, I don't I'm think fully on i'm fully on board you know star wars redemption arcs they happen all the time anakin anakin killed more than one kid and he got to be redeemed but still it's just like ah, oh, i i don't want uh <laughs> her to have gone that far Especially yeah. since, like, we just met her. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Garth McMurray has the next two Super Chats. Thank you, Garth. Now that the big heist has happened and Dedra Miro's theories have been validated, do you think she'll try to leverage to get to investigate who did it? <gasps> Is she going to do an I told you so? <laughs> I hope so. She She's earned it, I think. Yeah. She's been working those late nights. Which again, like now I'm thinking about how this show has made me like want the heroes to like ease off, pull back a little bit. And I find myself rooting for Dedra because she's the underdog. And I'm like, she's she's the villain. Nah. I mean, I okay, between Dedra and Steril Karn, I do root for her a little bit more than him because he just seems like a snotty brat and she is actually right about her instincts. Um, we'll see where that takes her character, but I'm just loving the dark, the darkness that we're seeing this early rebellion in because it makes sense that it had to start somewhere and it's going to start dark. And then later we can bring in like, oh, it's all about hope, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I some, mean, kid I think... from some kid from Tatooine will come and help us and save the day, whatever. I think that it's still true that it is all about hope, but we're, we're exploring that idea of just like Rogue One did, how far is too far? Uh, how, how do you fight a fight like this without losing your soul? <laughs> mm -hmm. Is that even possible? That's what I think they're they're going to do with this series. Yeah. Uh, Garth McBurry's second super chat. Thank you. Uh, side note, I like that the latest episode of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power was also titled The Eye. Like this episode. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. that. <laughs> <laughs> also, quick plug. If you haven't 
seen already, we are doing our Explain It To Me series on our other channel called Malik's. Uh, those are happening on Sundays, and we're what we're we're at the last episode, right? Yeah, there's only one episode left. So tune in on Sunday to see us cover the last episode if you want. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we have our friend Ashton, who is he knows more about Tolkien than I'll ever know. He's he's like I am to Star Wars, he is to Tolkien. I can ask him anything, and he knows all about it. So we have him on. We talk about rings of the power, rings of power, super fun. Rings of the power, rings of the power, the power rings. That's what my parents call it. I think the power ring, <laughs> the power rings. <laughs> Those uh, kids and their key. <laughs> <laughs> Verissa Lopez, thank you for the next super chat. What do you think will bring Andor back in? I think Ferrix. I think that the more he reads Nimick's journal, I think it will inspire him to to realize that what's going on in Ferrix is similar to what's going on on Aldani and all these other places, and that he needs to work together now that he's networked a little bit with some of the other early rebel leaders, like they all need to work together to help each other and that it's not just Andor and his whatever affects him. Now he's realizing it's a bigger picture thing. I'm I'm trying to just like place, I don't know, markers on my supposed Andor timeline. And I feel like the next step for him should be like, I want to make the decision to, do something rebellious that isn't just for me, but is for the whole community. And I think that Ferrix is a good uh, candidate for that. Or I really like Molly, your suggestion of, Oh, we did that heist and we got all the Aldani people in trouble and mm -hmm. they didn't do anything. And so he wants to help them. I, I could see Ooh, that. I have another idea because I've been waiting to see how, is it Marva? Is that mm -hmm. her name? Andor, I've been, his mom. Yeah, I've been waiting to see Marva and Andor have a little bit of a falling out because she still has a very like extremist way of thinking. But I don't know, like maybe when he gets back and meets back up with her, she's got this like plan that involves him. And now that he's like spoken with Nimic and the rest of them and like gotten a bigger picture idea of what's going on. He might not agree with everything that she wants to do. So they might butt heads. I don't know. It's, There's something like, there. It's hard to, I don't know, map all of these characters. They, they introduced so many good characters in the first three episodes and we just haven't seen them for three episodes. And then they introduced a bunch of cool characters in these three. And now most of them are dead. <laughs> so I'm I'm ready to revisit uh, the Ferrix crew. I I miss all of them. Yeah. I e even that little taste of Ferrix in episode five, like just just give us a little bit, and I'll I'll be cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the Dano channel has the next super chat. Uh, thank you, Dano. Uh, it's got the two beer mugs, and it says for Nimic. 
I was so worried the heist crew would shoot each other since everyone was in gray officer uniforms. What do you think happens with Cyril? Uh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't accidentally shoot each other or, or turn on each other. I didn't think about that, but I'm, I'm glad uh, Skeen didn't get any stupid ideas until after everything. Yeah. I do keep forgetting about Cyril. Uh Eventually, I, I I know that he's going to meet up with Dedra, and like they'll probably so, team yeah. up to want to take him down because now they both have a common enemy. That is something that I I, I do wish this show gave us a little bit of story from every character in every episode, just because I I miss them all. Um. I think they're telling the story in the best way that they see fit, but I'm just like, where's B2 emo? Where's Bix? Where's Marva? Mm -hmm. I like, I like all the characters and I, I want to see them each every week, but it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. They'll come back. They have to, they have to, they will. Uh, you go ease as the next super chat here. Tinfoil. When we see Cinta again, she's a partisan. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, I think she would fit, especially with the debate that we've been having about her. Yeah. If, if, uh, if saw somehow got wind of what was going to happen on Aldani because of the, the rebel attack, if he ended up there, I could see her like joining up with him. That would be cool. If the empire is like going to bring the hammer down and saw comes in to help. He's like, I got a bigger hammer that. <laughs> uh, and then, he, and then the time grappler, the comes time out. grappler. <laughs> I really like that idea though. That would, that would be a really fun and interesting way to introduce saw instead of just what I've been assuming is that, Luthen goes and visits him because he's a mm -hmm. known entity. Multiple people have mentioned him already or the partisans. Yeah. The wheels mm. are turning. But I, I like that idea of bringing saw in as like a, a relief for the Aldani people. Maybe this whole time he's kind of known about a rebel cell on Aldani. And he's like, they don't have the guts. <laughs> yeah and then he hears about it and he's like oh maybe they do let's go check it out yeah like i think that was something that was supposed to happen kind of in rogue one because there are behind the scenes photos and footage of like moroff and other partisans on the beach so i kind of think the original story was for saw to be like the Mon Mothma and that Rebel Alliance, they don't have the guts. They don't have enough to do what it takes to beat the Empire. And then he hears about what's happening on Scarif, and then he comes in like they get to do the Han Solo moment of like, we need reinforcements, but there are none. And then Saw comes in. So maybe they're trying to find a way to work something like that in. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'd like it. <laughs> uh, Darth Watts has the last super chat here thank you so much Darth Watts 
I'm working on becoming a content creator on YouTube too about Star Wars. I'm not as smart as you on Star Wars. I'm not that smart. Like uh, that doesn't matter. And my videos aren't as good as yours. Can't afford good software, but I'm trying. I'll tell you right now, like people don't care about uh, the quality of your videos so much. Like my favorite TikToks are <laughs> the the weirdest, most low quality thing. But as long yeah. as you're passionate. And, uh, really that's it. I, I, I mean, when, when you first started making videos, they weren't the best quality. Yeah. Go watch my first video about Wilro hood. Like it pains me to watch it, but people liked it. The, Just... the way that content creators work now is like completely different than I was. I think it was in like 2016, 2015, because of the rise of TikTok, like anyone can go viral now with just the video camera on their phone and no software. So don't let that stuff hold you back. Yeah, I, I don't think any of that, like e even knowledge of Star Wars, it's not that big of a deal. Like pick the thing that you love about Star Wars and talk about that as long as you are passionate and you love what you love like people will find you so mm -hmm. uh just keep doing what you're doing don't stress out but molly's edits are super it's because i have a very simple mind you see <laughs> <laughs> i, I spend all day that. on tiktok so i know what the kids like they like a negroni Spagliati with Prosecco in it. <laughs> Don't know what that means. <laughs> and uh, uh, I says another super chat to round us out here for the night. Nimic was my fave when we first met them. Once he started going on about, on about his manifesto, I was just like, okay, moving on. Not a fan of it becoming a bigger thing in the show. Maybe just because it's called a manifesto. I get that. Like the word manifesto can have a negative tinge to it, but like I said earlier, like we know where this rebellion is headed, right? And we're on their side. I'm wondering, it's okay. I I wanted to look up the definition of manifesto because I honestly don't know. A public declaration of policy and aims, especially one issued before an election by a political party or candidate. I don't know, like, I, I, I wonder if some people get turned off from the word manifesto because of like the red scare and stuff. I feel sure. like it was a bigger thing back then, but that's what I mean. Like it has, it can have a negative connotation, even though it shouldn't because of, yeah, the, the simple definition of what it is, but it, it depends on the situation. Sure. It depends on mm -hmm. who's writing the manifesto too. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of factors going into that, but, but. Uh, thank, thank you ice for that very generous super chat and for uh, another one here. Uh, so when it came to it, Gorn's death was what got the biggest reaction out of me. He grew on me a lot. Same. I really liked him. Seeing Nimit go down was rough, though. The the one about Gorn, it happened so fast. And I was like, he's just gone? Like, I was kind of convinced he would get back up and run onto the ship or something. But the, he, he just got taken out quickly. Yeah. And, and like... Uh, Oh, 
who said that Nimic didn't have uh, Emma, uh, that Nimic didn't die valiantly. I feel like that was true for a lot of them. Is like this wasn't treated as this big noble heroic thing. It was just a job for some of them, and it was an important one because I I think the eighty million credits are going to go a long way. But it was just kind of a bummer to see everyone go out. Yeah. But that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, okay. These are going to be the last ones because it's inter our anniversary and I'm hungry and I'm getting cranky. <laughs> <laughs> so ice with another one. Last one for me. Pendergrass at the end was like, put on the coffee. It's going to be a long night. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, <laughs> put on the put on the calf. Take your take your little stim pills. I already going. had too much coffee today. I was like really jittery in the middle of the day. Uh, and Lord Hosk, how late can we keep you? Do you have plans? Uh, not much later, and I have plans to go eat dinner. So we're gonna go eat dinner and watch Midnight Club, probably. <laughs> yeah. We don't get to actually celebrate our anniversary today. We're gonna wait and do that. This weekend, we're going to we're going to go to dinner on Friday, nice dinner. And then when Andor is over, we're going to go on vacation. Those are our anniversary plans. <laughs> but today yeah. was spent with all of you. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for this watching. Was, this was great. Thanks to uh, the, the guys from Utini. They were a lot of fun. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, 10 years today, Charlie the Unicorn. We made it a decade. So it's it's a big one. So we're going to go chill and rest for the rest of the night. Uh, thank you all for hanging out. Thank you for your chats and your super chats and for supporting the show. Uh, I think we'll be... I don't know what we're going to build tomorrow, but I think we'll do a Lego live stream and we're definitely doing Unexplain It To Me on Sunday about the last episode of Rings of Power. And now I will wrap it all up Say thank you again, and may the Force be with you.